0: All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. This is my
1: kinky-torn-torn.
0: Shields <laughs> of Captain. This landing is going to get pretty interesting. defy tourist. Oh God, oh God, we're all going to die? Perhaps today is a good day to- <laughs> Someone ever tries to kill you, you try to kill him right back. Control, control, you must uncontrol. control. We are controlling transmission. Captain, incoming message. Also, I can kill you with my brain.
1: Make it so. The Kinky Torn Torn.
0: This may smell bad, good. I want it. Uh, uh, I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. Oh, so.
1: <laughs> Greetings from the United Federation of Planets. This is mixing metaphors, but what also is the kinky tauntaun. This is bouchacha.
2: Live long and prosper. This is Jeff.
1: Um, hey Jeffrey. Um, quite a bit going on in the the world of nerd lately. Um, oh but, yeah. But where shall we start, sir? Um with wait, what? There's good news? Wait, wait, there what there is good news? Pepper!
2: Pepper! Which is good because last time there was no good news.
1: No, we uh, I was, was seriously was fucking bummed, dude. <laughs> I ain't about that. Uh, first story,
2: no backdoor action. Uh, let me <laughs> tell
1: <laughs> I like where this is going.
2: <laughs> let me tell you about Jun Feng. Jun Fang pled guilty to a conspiracy to attempt to distribute methamphetamines. Fang had an iPhone 5S, which comes loaded with the Apple iOS 7 operating system. In the past, that hadn't been a major problem. As an official from the Department of Homeland Security testified, law enforcement has a device to easily run through every possible passcode to unlock an iPhone. But Fang's phone was configured to erase all its data if someone unsuccessfully tried 10 times in a row to unlock it
1: man that could be devastating oh yeah they can't they
2: can't spy on you they, have to, they actually have to catch you in the act um when questioned about the new security measures lawyers from apple released a statement stating in most cases now and in the future the government's request orders will be substantially burdensome as it will be impossible to perform future operating systems like iOS 8 and the current iOS 9 are designed to be impenetrable even by apple staff so that's cool okay the apple protects users privacy and undoubtedly part of its business model is undoubtedly part of its business model uh one u.s attorney argued that it was more concerned with public perception than helping catch criminals uh um so (laughs) around the time the transcript was taken ceo tim cook was upping his comments on the privacy, declaring that the company would refuse to create backdoors into the encrypted messaging services.
1: Well, how a fucking luya! <laughs> Freedom <laughs> oh, yeah, and liberty to all.
2: Well, because there's this new law in, in Vermont that just if if you drive in Vermont, you you have you basically have no assumption of privacy on your phone. They can just check it.
1: Um. In Bernie Sanders State? What the fuck? Well, they're trying to fight it, but Um, it seems pretty devious.
2: Well, it's supposed to be able to see if you've been texting while driving. Well, yeah, I understand
1: that, but how about this? Subpoena the fucking cell phone records when you know probable cause is presented in a court of law. I you know, that's 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 just like old fashioned. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't I didn't realize we were living in a police state, y'all. Get, get, get your guns. Pepper! Pepper!
2: Um, and our next story, General Motors said on Thursday it was creating a team to speed up development of self-driving and electric cars as it moves to expand its lineup of such vehicles. <laughs>
1: nice. Wait, 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 hold it. You don't know how often... Okay, I you know even when I was in college, same kind of thing. Same same kind of thing in high school. Uh, like you know my circadian rhythms are, are set in a certain pattern, and every day about two p.m., I just get really fucking sleepy, and that lasts until four. And I made the mistake once of taking a like a, an hour and a half philosophy class, the history of modern philosophy, mind you, um, between the hours of two. And three thirty, and uh man, was that a struggle. But anyway, so here I, you know, I'm I'm trying to drive home, you know, roughly four o'clock, and I can't. I have such I have the worst fucking time for trying like to fall asleep, and I have like hoped for this day since I began driving. I'm like, why can't somebody just drive me home? I take like I a twenty those. minute nap. <laughs> I
2: hate when you're like you're driving home, and all of a sudden your eyes start rolling back
1: in your head. You're like, "Fuck!" Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. Um, so yeah,
2: I'm pretty excited about this too.
1: Yeah, um, I, mean, I could just we could just take naps wherever we go. Yes. All right. Cool. Now, <laughs> uh, related- what are you talking about? People are just gonna be on their cell phones the whole time. That's true. Watching TV, playing Flappy probably Birds, be, or probably. whatever the uh, game of the moment is. Wasting probably beating their lives probably beaten off. We'll get into that story Whoa! later. <laughs> oh, see, I was going to say something about that, but I was waiting. I was waiting. Uh,
2: in a related story, the Obama administration on Thursday called for four billion of spending on self-driving cars. The investment, which would be a budgeted over ten year over a ten year period, will be used to accelerate the development and ad- adoption of safe vehicle automation through real world pilot projects. Um, Transportation.
1: What? I think we just found a new uh, – like, you know, the, the United States Postal Service is already, like, in such danger of uh, being, going under – I mean, can you imagine, like, if just mail cars could just drive around and, get, and just shoot out people's mail? Drones. Drones, baby. Drones. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Continue on. That's Okay.
2: Transportation Secretary Anthony Fox, in a speech at the North American International Auto Show in Detroit – promised a series of initiatives aimed at solving the considerable technological and legal challenges that could otherwise slow the rollout and adoption of self-driving vehicles. There is some question as to just how safe Self-driving cars will be a study by the University of Michigan Transportation Research Institute found that self-driving vehicles have a higher crash rate per million miles traveled than conventional vehicles. However, most of those accidents were caused by human drivers slamming into the co- computer controlled cars. Yeah, it's human fuck-ups. Yeah, suggesting people still have not adjusted yet to sharing the roads with autonomous, autonomous yeah, it, cars. It's,
1: uh, people are having a hard time. Autonomous. Uh, driving around things that you can you can flip off, but won't be offended or affected in any way possible.
2: Well, it's like, you know, you're driving the speed limit, man. You're going to get
1: run over. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's true. Pepper! Pepper! Yeah! All right. Ahem. And next.
2: Medical marijuana is back on the ballot. The Florida Division of Elections confirmed that medical marijuana amendment got enough petition signatures to be on the ballot in November. The measure will amend Florida's constitution to allow doctors to prescribe medical marijuana to individuals with debilitating medical conditions. So I don't think it's be like, oh, my back hurts or I'm a little stressed out. It's probably going to be like, well, sure, we'll give you we'll give you some pot if
1: you're dying. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Um that's bullshit man. I'm I'm not saying that uh I mean who's going to define debilitating? I mean really. Uh, obviously this should o- already be a thing in the whole fucking world. But uh Yeah. I mean who's to say one person's pain is like, Oh, you know, you you scored an eighty nine on the pain level, I need you at a hundred. Sorry, fuck off.
2: Suck. No dope for pussy. you. Suck it up, pussy.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> uh the measure was brought by People United for Medical Marijuana. a group to... led by attorney John Morgan.
1: Oh yeah. The M- same... Mor- Morgan and Morgan for the people.
2: Morgan and Morgan.
1: Ooh.
2: I always think of uh you know, Marley and Marley from, from uh, Jim Henson's The Christmas Carol. Oh, <laughs> oh Morgan yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this same group tried to get an amendment passed in 2014, but it got, but it only got 57.6 percent of the vote. We need 60 percent. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although that's the majority of voters, a Florida Constitution amendment Bo- needs 60 That's bullshit.
1: That's bullshit, yeah, bro.
2: Yeah. Currently, if Florida allows only low THC versions of marijuana for patients, uh, called Charlotte's Web. Well, that's or, cute. Or they have this new thing called, uh, C- um, CBD oil. It's from, um, industrial hemp instead of marijuana. So
1: that's also, that's legal in all 50 states, baby. Um, speaking of which, and since you have already come out and said that it's, uh, legal in all 50 states, uh, what, what's your status on that? Um, uh, CBD oil? Yeah. I, th-
2: I think it's going to do a lot of people a lot of good.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
2: Um, there is a chance the Constitutional Amendment may be a moot point. There are bills in the Florida House and Senate that would expand medical marijuana usage in Florida already. Um, and so, like I said, all 50 states, CBD oil, get some. Um, so until marijuana is at least decriminalized. Oh, see, that's the thing. Like, I'm can, just
1: wondering how well that stuff actually works, the CBD oil.
2: Yeah. We'll have to find out sometime.
1: I, I, <laughs> I, I think there needs to be a, uh, a study done by uh, qualified academic individuals to uh, determine this.
2: Buchachas, qualified buchachas and Jeffries.
1: Uh, yeah. The, the buchacha Jeffrey firm.
2: Maybe, oh, maybe, and there's no prescription necessary with a CBD oil. So it almost seems
1: too good to be true. <laughs> I mean, come on, man.
2: Well, I, I have a map in front of me of the you know where marijuana is legal and I, where I, it's
1: not. I am also looking at this map,
2: and uh, it's it's amazing. It's like yeah, Washington, Oregon, Colorado. You can you can kind of see. It's like oh yeah yeah. The you know full legalization, but then you have this this conservative bastion of Alaska. Not only do they have uh, yeah, they're socialized- pretty open
1: about that shit. There, they're very like libertarian up that way.
2: Well, they, and also socialists. They get money from the uh, you know every citizen gets money from the oh like a stipend for stop. the oil
1: or whatever. I th- yeah. I've heard that they're not going to be getting it for the next year or two because of the uh, how how far oil prices have fallen or some shit. Like that. Well, that was socialism. Socialism? Dirty word. Oh, my!
2: <laughs> but yeah, but medical marijuana is also approved. Uh, not medical. Marijuana is approved there for recreational usage.
1: Yes, yeah, so you just have to grow your own.
2: Yeah, which which I guess, if you're in Alaska, I mean, what else you got to do during certain
1: times oh, of the yeah. year? You're snowed in. Gross marijuana, <laughs> y'all. Um, yeah, yeah, so, so basically... I'm actually surprised that our our home state medical marijuana is fully authorized. You still have to grow your own, though, in 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 Michigan. Yeah. Well, you know what? That ain't that complicated.
2: <laughs> well, it's, it might be that complicated for somebody who really really needs it. You know.
1: Well, that's tr- that's true. <clears throat> It's um,
2: like, I'm confined to a wheelchair. Tough well, you shit know, it's your own.
1: I've been watching that show on Netflix about how, you know, the, the, uh, shit, I don't even remember the name for it at this point. But the, uh, there's a couple who opened up a pot, a medical marijuana shop in Colorado, sort of banking on the fact that it would turn over to recreational use, use in a few years. And have you, have you heard about this? the show um well yeah I was watching it over at your house oh that's right that's right anyway um I mean it's just interesting to see like how uh the, you know there are various lists in fact George Takei's Facebook uh posted a list of the next top 10 states that are going to legalize for recreational or whatever and uh Michigan was actually pretty high on the list because of the openness to uh the medical use but uh, like
2: cancer cancer patients haven't started going crazy and jumping out of windows.
1: Um, yeah, anyway. So, uh, I'm saying, uh, investment opportunities are apparently available for those who would research these things. But of course, to be more magnanimous about it, uh, I think for medical, like what John Morgan says, and he actually, uh, I I heard, I think he was interviewed on NPR actually, or I heard him, Inter, you know, interviewed on something else when he was actually talking about how his brother was dying uh, of cancer and how the marijuana was basically a miracle drug for the guy. It's like, you know, that's it. Like, how many people that I think anybody over a certain age, for the most part, has been around someone or has known so, a loved one who's who's had to go through that. Man, you wouldn't wish that shit on your worst fucking enemy. So why are you depriving them of some little bit of relief before they go? Yeah, well, I just Be- because of like a, mor- you know it's like like it's this fucking morality vacuum. But anyway, yeah, well, I, I just wrote a little piece for
2: Savcast, you know, talking about you know, and I call that out the war on drugs for what it is. It's a political fundraising. Well,
1: know, then I think action. big big pharma is lining the pockets too. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. h- how many symptoms and conditions does this plant, which grows in the wild? I mean, you know, I will say, I mean, we're from Michigan. I remember having friends at the high school that we went to who had a growing wild in their backyard. Just like, oh, shit, there it is. I remember like walking around the <laughs> Adirondacks of upstate New York hiking. I mean, like, oh, shit, there's a bunch of marijuana. Like, it just grows wild fucking everywhere. So you can imagine how much Big Pharma does not want this. To happen because their not profit to mention, shares would be decimated.
2: Not to mention the private prison industrial complex,
1: you know. Uh, that, that's true too. <laughs> fuck these people! All, All right. right continuing. Mean, let's,
2: let's hope legalization continues throughout the United States. Would it, it'd be nice if they just did a federal thing. I think. I think Bernie Sanders, if he gets elected, is going to try uh, to do something like you that. You
1: know what? Yeah, I <clears throat> fuck yes. Dude, feel the burn! Pepper! 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 Yeah! All right. Anyway, Ahem. continuing on, sir. Uh,
2: we have our the Iron Druid Chronicles.
1: Oh, are we ready for the uh the, the main kinky? Yes,
2: my uh, wife just gave me a thumbs up.
1: Oh, yeah. Is she putting your a thumb a thumbs up because she loves her some Iron Druid? Yep, and some Oberon. Uh, yeah, and uh, so uh, <laughs> uh, uh, h- how shall we talk about this in 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 our uh, because I think. For those who do listen to our show, there are probably not a lot of people who listen who have actually heard of Kevin Hearn. That's Kevin. Mostly people know how to spell Kevin. Hearn is H-E-A-R-N-E, uh, who writes this set of books called The Iron Druid Chronicles. Uh, the main plot and characters are, of course, uh, Atticus O'Sullivan or, or Shearhan. Uh, and isn't his his last name something? I I, I always just gloss over his real last name. <laughs> but anyway, Sean. yeah, sheerhand. So uh, Atticus, to for most people and most of the time in the books, uh, is a two thousand year old druid who is able to uh sustain his life through his magic, and he's also the last one left in the beginning of this series. Yep, Kevin last Hearn planned, left. planned yeah, he planned it to be a nine book series. And the reason why we are talking about it is number one, hey, we're talking about it. Hopefully we'll talk about some things that excite people and we'll also move people in the direction of, hey, maybe I should pick up this book and read it, because books are cool and cool books are even cooler. But anyway yes. uh, he just released well, the, the, the eighth book in the series <laughs> last week. Uh, On the 26th, I think it was. Or was that last Friday? Anyway, he was actually in Orlando. I don't know if you saw that last week. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, I I was going to get out and work in time and then go drive over there. You know, they're just... Damn it. I was was hoping he'd he'd come a little closer, but... Good enough, I suppose. I'm sure there was a huge ass line, anyway. At least I hope there was, because his books are fairly popular. Um, anyway, well, let, me, let me let me read the the synopsis
2: for the first book. Okay, do it. Uh, Hounded introduces the character of Atticus O'Sullivan, the last druid, and proprietor of Third Eye Books and Herbs, a cult shop. He draws his power from the earth, possesses a sharp wit, and wields an even sharper sword, magical sword known as Fragara. The Answerer. So that's what Fragra means in old Irish, the Answerer. Yep. He lives and works in Tempe, Arizona, but Hounded takes place in an alternative history where magic, vampires, werewolves, gods, and other supernatural elements exist, but in hiding. The story begins with a series of godly events set off by O'Sullivan's magic sword.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, I'm, um,. I guess we can go ahead and start talking about this because I we got it. We have to be careful. We don't want to be spoilery, uh, hardly at all. Sure. Um, I wasn't sure how bad we were going no, no, to. No, no. I think people. we have to we, we have to tr- treat this one with kid gloves, just because I think the the vast majority of those who are going to listen are probably not familiar with this series. But uh, I will say this: that I had a very uh, uh, interesting set of circumstances. Uh, in which I first read these novels, so I'm I'm going to tell you the story, and I think I've, I've told you the story before anyway. Uh, but this was actually re- it was a series recommended by a, a friend of mine, and I look you know like I looked it up, and people always recommend books to me, and I'm just, I'm just like, I don't know, the cover art looks kind of like you know, like the cover art's good, but it looked like it might be like YA romance-y kind of art, if you know what <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I, yes, exactly. So it was I was. V- I was I was wary going at, you know looking at this book. I'm like, you know what, though the the premise of this first book uh looks fucking great. So, uh, you know, I've I've long said like I don't believe in the idea of reincarnation, but I I often tell people because I am I love nature and hiking and going out and things like that uh that I'm a, I'm a reincarnated druid and I just love to go out and hug trees and shit. Uh so that you know that it's <laughs> The appeal was built in for me just because the word druid was thrown out and I love me some history. So I'm like, Oh, well, it's a great opportunity because me, like, the character will talk about some history, talk about druids. I mean, it was a win-win proposition. Mythology. Mythology. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, mythology and things like that. I didn't know how much mythology was going to be in it when I first looked at it. But anyway, I actually, uh, downloaded this book to my Kindle. Uh, see, so yeah, I downloaded, yeah, I downloaded the first book to my Kindle. A day, the day before I left to actually go to Ireland, the summer of 2014. Cool. And, That's awesome. And of course, Atticus O'Sullivan is an Irish druid. He's not one of the other Celtic druids from Britain or further south in the continent. Uh, so there was, and of course, this was about yeah, the first several books are very much uh, tinged with. Irish mythology and mythological characters and gods and goddesses. So I read, I started reading, um, hounded, you know, the plane trip over and like a touchdown in Shannon Ireland. And it was just like game fucking on. And so I was in Ireland for, I think Ireland itself for about a week. Uh, and I had already gotten to the third book in the series, because I just I just was reading it voraciously that whole time, and um, I you know from Ireland I went to Scotland, and so you know like you still got the Cel the Celtic thing going on. Oh yeah, uh, and oh, so yeah. I remember sitting there. I finally I finally got to a hostel in Edinburgh where I had they actually had a, a Wi Fi that you could use, and so I, I downloaded the next several you know several books or whatever, and I, I even got uh, an audio version of the book down download since I had a good connection and uh, was listening to it. And of course, this, the series is read by a guy named Luke Daniels, and I cannot recommend him highly enough
0: as oh, yeah, he did a, a great reader.
1: Job. Oh my. Yes. You're know, like, I've never really heard of him for anything else. Uh, you know, he's not like James Marsters reading the the Jim Butcher Dresden Files book. I mean, everybody knows James Marsters from Buffy and a bunch of the other stuff that he does. But this is—he does a good job reading too. Yeah, he does. But like Luke Daniels, just how how he does these characters, I, I could not imagine them any other any other way. So you know, here I was in Edinburgh, and I you know finally hearing Oberon's voice, and it's just <laughs> like, oh my god, that's that's like. Uh, When when you're reading books, I I don't don't vocalize. I don't know if you're the same way. When I read, I usually just read. You know, I'm reading. I read through it. I don't really vocalize characters' voices in my head. Oh, I do. I do. Do you? Uh, I I only do it for some things and some some instances, I guess. But you know, I never really like. I just didn't get the feel for how Oberon should sound. Uh, And then, of course, he. Uh, starts doing some of the Oberon parts. And okay, we should, we should probably clarify who Oberon is. And I don't think this is spoilerly, spoilery at the least, cause you find out who he no. is in the first chapter, basically. Um, yeah. Oberon is Atticus's Irish wolfhound and his Irish wolfhound, he named, of course, after the king of fairies in Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, and Atticus, the Atticus, Oberon is, a, a sentient dog whose life is prolonged by Atticus's magic and uh, that, that he's he's the comic relief in those, those stories I mean Atticus is funny sometimes Definitely. but but Oberon is what makes it uh, and it, I mean, I'm gonna put him up there with scooby-doo okay I know that's like high <laughs> praise but in terms of like the the coolest fictional dogs in the world I mean it's like scooby-doo and fucking oberon all right well
2: luke daniels does does the voice it it reminds me like of buddy hackett
0: oh (laughs) yeah 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 i can see it i can see it you remember what master yoda said about the future It's always in motion difficult to see that's right come on let's keep moving but keep an eye out and your nose in the wind All right, but I think you should cheat. I don't want to be a part of the circle of life here. Hey, speaking of which, is this a stretch of Africa where meerkats hang out with warthogs and sing cheerful songs about stress-free living?
2: Tell you what, if you see them, I'll let you join in. Aces
1: it was funny cuz like i said i was in i was in ireland and i think it was in the, like the county county Kerry. and we actually it was the weirdest i mean i don't know how common irish wolfhounds are actually in ireland but we i actually stopped at a place and they had a pen with like four irish wolfhounds no when i was actually like reading that book i'm like oh my god that's oberon it was it was pretty cool <laughs> uh, I, I don't uh, i don't think a lot of readers probably have the same sort of relationship with the uh the books they're reading that I was, I don't know, I was just I was in the perfect set of circumstances. So I know I, I I enjoyed them because the circumstances were augmenting what I was reading, but like, it doesn't matter. I mean, I read up to book four, I think by the time I, I left and, you know, came back and did five, six, seven. Um, and of course, eight just came up. Well, I think. Six. that's what it was and of course eight just came out last week
2: but now is it in the is it in the first book or the second book where he has uh where the main character Atticus has sex with death basically
1: oh the morgan the the irish the morgan the irish chooser of the, of the slain um i want to say that's not no it's not the first book i, I, I don't think so it's after he gets really he like he gets hurt somehow and, yeah, I, and I don't and even remember how, but she basically like, like just rapes him to make him better.
2: Yeah, it's like really rough bondage sex, and she uses that okay, to. But that's kinda... the
1: thing, though. Like, like, even though there are a few parts like that in this series, it's actually pretty clean. Um, there are a few swear words here and there, but uh, I think for the most part, uh, Iron Hood Chronicles are, are fairly uh, tame in their presentation of mature matters.
2: Well, I was just bringing up that the 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 weird sense of humor because he's like terrified the whole time. Yeah, yeah. He's having sex with her. She's always talking about killing people and and plucking out their
1: eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, which is its own brand of comedy. I know. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, the Morgan's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, that the whole stuff. But anyway, okay. So let's <laughs> let's go through. Um, let's not say too much about each book, but uh, see, we have Hounded as book one, Hexed as book two, uh, and as you might surmise from the title, Hexed is when he's going up against some witches. Hammered. Um, I don't think it's very spoilery to tell this. It's uh, of course we know that probably the, the most famous of. Hammer wielders in mythology is Thor. So as you might guess anyway, that book is something, has something to do with Thor. Uh, then we have Tricks. It, wait, it what? turns out that Thor is kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, you, you actually learned that I think in book one that Thor is a bit of yeah. a bastard. And of course, uh, you get more of that in Hammered. Uh, we should also say that, uh, like we said, mature matters are actually presented uh, somewhat tamely. However, matters of religion, Mister Hearn is very even-handed about it, although he does not show deference toward any of them except for maybe the Irish ones, of course, because the main character uh, is bound to the Irish deities. Uh, but anyway, are we, we
2: going to talk about? Are we going to talk about Jesus?
1: Uh, yeah, I was going to throw it out. There's a there's a great scene <laughs> in one of the books, and you know, the funny thing is, I, I actually remember where I was and what I was doing you know uh, when I read that scene I was actually at a pub uh outside of Dublin Ireland when I when I was just like sitting there waiting you know and I was just going through my Kindle reading that scene and oh my god I was laughing so hard at that <laughs> uh yeah so Jesus Jesus does show up and has some conversations with Atticus uh but anyway uh the fourth book is tricked which actually has to do with some, uh, I guess, some Native American uh, mythology. I don't want to say too much about it in any case. But then we have, scrolling down here, scrolling down. Oh, uh, well,
2: you have to mention uh, a, a character that comes up in a lot of the books, uh, uh,
1: Coyote. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. C- Coyote, of course. Which is an is important,
2: a- important trickster god of a lot of uh, Native American cultures. Yes,
1: and he, of course, very, plays a very prominent role, especially in Tricked that fourth book. Which is
2: pretty funny as which is pretty funny as well.
1: Uh so I, I'm going to I'm going to see the the next few here and we we can talk about which ones are favorites and which ones you thought that maybe have been like the were like the weakest in the end weakest entry in the series. See if we agree. Uh, I'm curious because I I haven't you had a lot of conversations <laughs> with people about this series it's because I don't think it's quite that widely known yet. Although he definitely has a following. Uh that's for sure. So I'm I'm serious what kind of conversations we can get started about it as well. But anyway, uh, the fifth book is called Trapped, and I'm definitely not going to say much about that because there's there's too much to give away. Uh, The seventh one is Hunted, and I'm, I'm... The fifth, fifth, the sixth one is hunted and the seventh one is shattered. And the most recent one that came out last week is called Staked. And as you might surmise, and it's, Mm. it's very obvious from the cover of Atticus holding a stake that this most recent book has something to do with vampires.
2: Well, I think we can give it away. It's given away fairly quickly in the first book that and it's funny, Atticus's lawyer is a vampire uh, and, he, a, a, and his lawyer is literally
1: a bloodsucker. Yeah. His lawyer is literally, <laughs> literally a bloodsucker and he works in a law, f- a law firm populated by werewolves.
2: Yes. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> awesome. yeah, there, there's any kind of mythology out there is pretty much thrown into the mix and it's fair game for the Iron Druid Chronicles. And I even love there's this little part where uh, Atticus talks about how he met Neil Gaiman and, and how he, it was the only time in his life that he, he ever squeed. And squeed. I'm like, cause, you know, when I was first reading these books in Ireland, I'm like, oh, this is reminding me so much of American gods and the Nancy boys. And, uh, you know, it finally, like when I got to that part where he was talking about Neil Gaiman, I'm like, oh, like, like I felt like we were all in on the same joke. And cause like he, he's, he's acknowledging, I guess, Neil Gaiman as sort of the forefather of this. Sh- You know, mishmash of mythology, uh, literature that this is part of. And uh, I thought that was pretty good, uh, especially since. uh, And as we talked last time, I need to read some
2: fucking Neil Gaiman.
1: (laughs) Obviously. I can't believe you haven't read Neil Gaiman. (laughs) You call yourself a nerd. (laughs) Anyway, all right, Jeffrey. uh, Which ones are. Okay, uh, you said you have or have not started the most recent one. I have. You have? What chapter are you on? uh shit, I can't
2: remember. Um just had the the scene in in the um the music hall.
1: Oh with theater. uh with uh uh the vampire the the, the, the the life sucker dude. The life leech. Um yep, that was that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So you're pretty you're pretty early on, but still not you're 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 in into it. Uh, I think I'm on like chapter twenty three right now. Um yeah, it, it's. Uh, I I just got like I'm, I'm I'm at a part, man. I'm I'm at a part. Like I, I don't want to tell you. Obviously, I don't want to tell anybody else. But uh, there there's certain things that have happened, and uh, you know whatever, whatever. All right, so we we don't want to say obviously too much about that, especially since it's the eighth book of a ninth book nine book series. Uh, but let's talk about which ones. Uh, are your favorites? pick two to be your faves oh man ah uh, that's hard to do because i
2: i tend to judge um the story as a as a whole you know when it's it, it s- is it's, it's it's very books.
1: serialized however each book has its own little theme and its own thing going on i mean hounded of course is the intro and you have much of the irish bit going on there as far as the, the deities go and the, the antagonists and the hexed, you have the, the witches as antagonists. Hammered, uh, you have some of the Norse stuff as antagonists. Tricked, you have Native American, well, I don't say uh, the monsters, I guess, as antagonists. Uh, skinwalkers. Yeah. And then, uh, trapped, you have, uh, you, have, you got a lot of druidy things going on. And then you also have it kind of like a return. I guess the antagonist they, is they start is,
2: incorporating the Olympus, the Olympian
1: gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, which are mentioned pretty early on in the first book. Is not really talked about. Uh Then yeah, I guess there's a Roman god who's an, an antagonist in that one, I, and then of course the Roman gods are also an antagonist or antagonists, plural, and hunted. And then of course shattered. You get. uh Oh, there's, it go. there's gonna go it goes a guy. Of... I'm going to go ahead I'm going to throw this character out there because it would be a mistake not to mention this character. Because I'm pretty sure at this point in book uh, eight of the series that of all the characters, he is my favorite, and that that's Owen Kennedy. I raised
2: my right sleeve over my shoulder, revealing the ravaged tattoo at the top of my biceps. A manticore destroyed my ability to shapeshift back to human, so I can't shift to any of my animal forms until it gets fixed. Would you mind touching it up? He scowled and flared up.
0: I feckin' thought ye had a tame a manticore, didn't I? Don't try to tell me I didn't. That isn't my fault. I didn't say. And I remember ye complaining about it too.
2: He affected a falsetto to mock me.
0: When am I ever going to meet a manticore?
2: You said. Why do I have to learn Latin? When are we going to learn
0: about sex rituals? Hey, I never said that. You didn't have to. There was a year you couldn't sneak up on anyone because your knob would peek around
1: the corner first and everyone would say, "Here comes Shehan," and then the rest of you would follow. You remember that? <laughs> Owen Okanady. oh Owen no, O'Canady, yeah, <laughs> I fucking love that character. I mean, I-, I My gra-
2: wife thinks he's hilarious, yes.
1: Yeah, I, I gravitate towards the curmudgeons anyway, because I aspire to be curmudgeonly. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm middle-aged, obviously, at the moment, but uh, I'm working on it now, goddammit.
2: The world's got itself in a big fucking hurry.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course, this is Luke <laughs> Daniels, who's narrating the story, and- uh, he, he, of course, he does the Irish accent. Uh, Owen, Owen Owen Kennedy is a druid who's a little older. We won't say where he comes from or what his role in the story is, just, but what you do need little. to know is that the dude is curmudgeonly to the max, and obviously a very talented druid as well. And, uh, and
2: he loves to fight
1: for fun. Yes, and you can you can follow him. You can actually follow his Twitter. On uh, I think it's uh Arch Druid Owen at at Arch Druid Owen isn't that what his Twitter handle is? Uh, I can't remember. Oh. Does,
2: doesn't Oberon doesn't Oberon have one? Yeah, too? And Oberon
1: has one too. Both of which are <laughs> all you know hilarious. hilarious to follow. But uh there was a great meta moment in Staked, the the most recent book, and I'm I'm gonna throw this out there because it's not a spoiler at all, really, in which Owen is able to work in his Twitter account and sort of plug it in the story. I thought it was pretty brilliant. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's actually a brilliant, <laughs> a brilliant little plug of Owen's, uh, cause he's actually talking about his Twitter handle. And of course, Kevin Hearn writes the Twitter handle <laughs> in the character of, of, Owen O. Kennedy or Owen Kennedy. And, uh, it, it was just, it was a very clever way. I'm, uh, I'm, I hope he's proud of himself for, for having wit- written that little scene. But anyway, all right. So, uh, come on, My man. My favorite, we- I guess it would have two. to probably be, uh, Hexed and hammered. Hexed and hammered are your favorites, really? I I don't know. See, like I I actually think they <laughs> they've gotten progressively better for the most part. But you you went pretty early in the series. I even, in,
2: I, even in, I even include all. Like I said, I look at it as a whole, and I even include all the little side stories, which are really oh, good. Oh, That's right. Those? He does.
1: He has he has several uh short stories to read. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like Grimoire of the Lamb, oh. Grimoire of the Lamb, and that, uh, I was, that's exactly what I was thinking of that one. Oh, there's good. there's the one where he he's looking for the Holy Grail. Oh shit, I don't remember the name of that one. But yeah, you're right. That's actually something else that we should we should plug as well. As uh, he has some there's anthologies out there it's with a, short stories in it. A,
2: a fun house, uh, you know, kind of a freak show fun house that's full of real monsters. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Several good ones. I think he he actually mentions something in this latest book. Uh, of a short story i think he put out over the summer and i haven't read that one i think it came out in a Ooh. collection that that i just haven't gotten a hold of and i haven't read it yet but i th- well, i, I have almost to find f- it yeah yeah, yeah. Have to check it down yeah it's it's a scene then in, in this book i'm like oh wait what happened you know, like who's this person because it's, it's an entirely new character i am like oh where the fuck she come from but apparently she's in this uh short story that came out earlier anyway um so you're you're going with those two huh not really. I don't know. You made me pick. I didn't make you pick. Motherfucker. <laughs> all right. Uh, Le-
2: I, I like the series as a whole. Oh, you're
1: such a God. cop out. I know. You, I know. Po- you're a fucking pussy, sir. No no medical <laughs> marijuana for you. Your, your enjoyment level apparently is not high enough. Well, that's okay. I want recreational anyways. All right. All right. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, my, my favorites are actually Trapped and Hunted, and not, those just, are good. not just because I'm obsessed with all things Roman, but uh, I actually, lo- I love the pacing of those stories, and I actually lo- love some of the circumstances of those stories, but I think Hunted's probably, like, if I had to pick the one that I like the best, it's probably Hunted.
2: It's like the ultimate chase story. It,
1: it is, and, you know, obviously, it's meant, to, it's meant to go fast, and I don't know if that's why I enjoyed it so well or whatever. Um, but there, there there's, yeah, you can't really say too much about it, but there, there are some things that happened that I, I thought were pretty good. And, um, uh, yeah, (laughs) so I'll just say this, several things from the earlier books kind of hit, come to a head in that book. And you, you, you can actually, I think that's the first book where you can actually see where the story, the full story is going and where some of the other references and of the other things that have happened uh, sort of tie well, together. And they... Somewhere around there, is, I think, is where they start to
2: introduce the idea of uh, Ragnarok.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Which, of course, is play, which playing is, out.
2: Which is the the equivalent of the Norse
1: uh, revelations. Right, the times. apocalypse. It's the, the Norse apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yes. Indeed. All right. Uh, uh, do you have a least favorite? No, not Really? Really? There's one. they all my special. There's actually They're one my book I can't children. stand. Which one? Um, I shouldn't say can't stand. There's one I, I I like it. I just don't like it nearly as well as the other. It's to me, it's the most disjunctive of the entire series. It just doesn't quite Tricked. fit with the rest of the Tricked. story. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> glad you you picked that up right away. It, it just seemed well, like it is what it is.
2: Uh, kind of like. It's 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 a break in the story.
1: It is. It's too much of a break. It's it's. it's I still like, I still liked it though. Like I said, I still like it, but I also did not like the antagonists, and I think that's probably the the foundation of my beef, as that the the antagonists they they literally have no personality. There's nothing. They're just monsters. Oh yeah. I mean, at least with yeah. the, uh, the main antagonist in book one, you're like, Oh man, that guy's a fucking douchebag. Go get him, Atticus. With these <laughs> other ones, you're just like, Oh, yeah, okay. You just like exterminated some pests, basically some very rabid pests, but, um, <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> that, that, that one was the, the weak entry for me, but, um, eh. I like
2: the skin, I like the skinwalker from the Dresden files better.
1: Oh, there's, uh, see, I have, I'm only, I'm only on book four of Dresden right now. It's funny cause you, like, you, this Iron Druid Chronicles and, uh, Dresden Files apparently from those of you who've done both completely sort of go hand in hand. Uh, but I've oh, actually, yeah. I, I've actually had a harder time getting through the, I mean, I like them. I actually like them considerably. Um, very, you know, very different style of writing. Uh, although the genre, of course, urban, urban fantasy is one of the same. Um, but it's, it's been much slower going for me. Whereas, like, I can, re, I, I started this, uh, Iron Druid staked last Friday. And, you know, I have a full time, full time job with kids. And, you know, here I am on Thursday, almost a week later, and I'm, I'm almost done with it. So I'm, I've been getting through it pretty quickly.
2: Well, the Dresden files are funny, but it's a little less. Slapstickish.
1: Yeah, you're right. There's there's a lot more humor in, in the Dresden Files, but uh, yeah, there, I think there's a more there's more complexity in the Dresden Files for sure. Oh yeah, uh, the, the, oh, yeah myth, the the mythos of the Dresden it's Files is, is so very very rich, <laughs> and it does it relies on previous mythologies much less, although it definitely does draw from it, uh, and obviously very very good books in their own right. I'm just it's just funny how much I consume, uh, how quickly I consume these Iron Druid books, as opposed to those. But you know what? They're, I'm on, very I'm on summer reads. night. Goddamn it! I'm going to get through it, and we are going to talk about good it good. on another installment. of Kinky Dawn
2: there, There's 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 only fifteen of them, so <laughs> uh,
1: I'm on book four. Where, whereas, well, I, even whereas I read, uh, you know, Iron Druid Chronicles within like I read the first four books in a week. Damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I was on a a bus much of that time and traveling, and I had lots of downtime to sit there and read. But um, it just—you know—you finish half the series and put it on about a week. Yeah, it's they're they're good books, and I, I I I like the characters. I'm much more attached to the characters than anything, than what I've read in the Dresden Files so far. But my wife assures me, but, who's you know like one of the biggest Dresden nuts out there, that <laughs> that eventually uh, I will be as attached to some of the characters in that series as I am to well, some of the Iron Druid characters.
2: They they introduce. It seems like every character, you know, some some series they can introduce too many characters and gets muddled. And it, it does dilutes right? the work. Um, um Jim Butcher, when he adds more characters, it just they harmonize well and it, it becomes more in depth. And uh it just his his character interactions so are yeah, his, really his, good. His
1: work's definitely so far it feels, it feels like he's weaving a, a complex tapestry and the Iron Druid Chronicles seem much more linear in that regard. Have you even met Butters yet? Uh No, but I know who he is because the the that's the other thing the the wife uh I I think I don't think she means to be passive aggressive about it, but she'll just like drop spoilers about that shit like yeah yeah whatever fuck off you should have read them all by now. (laughs) Well, Polka will never die. Yeah, yeah. She also says something about that too. (laughs) Oh wait, but isn't because Butters is actually in the show, but just does he's not the same Butters I guess from the from the book series, but Butters like the me right? Yeah, medical examiner. Okay.
2: <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Well, do we have anything more to say about the Iron well, Druid Chronicles? We, we need read to
1: it. we need to talk a little bit about where we might guess without trying to be spoilery about it. uh There's one book Uh-oh. left, dude. One book left, according to Kevin Hearn uh, of the Iron Druid Chronicles. And so, where do we think this is going? Ragnarok. Uh, okay, so yeah, we're Loki's going down, motherfucker. Um. It does sort of seem the the obvious um, final book. There's going to be something about Ragnarok. Uh, any, any guesses as to who might be some major players? I mean, because um, I mean, we, we actually don't know who's on the bad side yet. I mean, there's one character in Staked. You're like, oh, well, that guy who I never knew until just now. And, oh, he's dead shit. Never mind. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, we really don't know who's who's aligned with Loki on the bad side for for Ragnarok.
2: Are you talking about the main vampire guy?
1: Um. Well, obviously, I'm uh, not finished with stake yet, but I'm I'm willing to wager that's going to be resolved at the end of this book. Ah, uh, what do you? I think
2: Leaf Leaf is his is uh, is his vampire, uh, the blood sucking lawyer. lawyer. Yes, blood sucking lawyer. Um, I think Leaf
1: is on Leaf's side. <laughs> oh, there's no, yeah, no doubt about that. You're 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 going to has- you're going to get to a part soon, very soon, sir, in which it's um, obvious that he is. And he, I mean, it's basically a conversation like, yeah. And he basically accuses Atticus of being the same way, which and he actually makes a very compelling compelling argument. And you're like, oh fuck, well, yeah, Atticus, where'd go? How many people aren't on their own side? <laughs> um, mm,
2: I don't know. <laughs> fl- Flagulous.
1: Uh, yeah, that's yeah, true. Uh, yeah, all right, yeah, so yeah, you're, you're so okay. So strong. Ragnarok. Hey, hey, uh, there, there is one of the deities from the Irish pantheon who uh, almost certainly will align with Loki, as he or she has been a very Mistybish little shit. Um, and it makes me wonder if uh, there, there might be one other member of that pantheon who might come to the, the dark or go to the dark side, rather. Uh, I'm trying
2: to think of who you're talking about.
1: Oh, uh, well, you already know. I mean, you read Shattered because that's kind of where, uh, the that character was from the Irish. Oh, did
2: they what did they live through that book? The Irish pantheon. No, the one you're talking about. The
1: okay, never mind. We're we're gonna give spoilers. Uh, yeah, I know, right? I don't do that. They're like those motherfuckers are being so cryptic right now. Quit talking shit. You're you're making no sense. <laughs> yeah, or, or, probably not. Okay. Um. Ra- yeah, Ragnar. <laughs> That's the thing. they everybody else that he's mentioned has sort of come out of the blue associated with Loki and that, you know, I, I don't feel that's very spoilery just because if you know, if you can look up Ragnarok and mythology, you know, that Loki's the bad guy anyway. Um I, I did. I don't know. I, th- I mean, who else would go to that side? I don't know. I almost want to, I, I, I hope there's a lot more to it than that. I guess is how I wanted to end our discussion about it. It's like, yeah, they've been, it's been a great ride so far. Uh, and he's actually turned these these books out, you know, in very prodigious manner. They've come out very very quickly and successively, and I'm glad for that. And I'm, um, I I just hope it ends in a less than obvious manner. How about that? <laughs> and I hope it ends fairly happily. Well, I I think all of them do all the books really pretty much do, and I have no doubt yes. that they will end happily. Although I'm starting to think a certain thing, so we'll see. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Because
2: I I like happy endings. If you want sad endings, just watch the news.
1: (laughs)
0: Okay,
2: I think we can uh, wrap this segment up. Nice little bow.
0: Rub my belly, stretch my back, take me out running in the grass. Tell me stories while you bathe me, maybe let me smell your ass. Give me sausages and bitches, cause they make the world go round. It's a secret to life, it's the Wisdom of How.
1: Ah. Uh. Hey, Jeff, uh, I was strolling by the park one day, and uh, there happened to be a statue of a uh, one Charles Darwin, and that statue was weeping. Why might that be?
2: Well, because now it's time for Darwin Weeps. Oh, Stories okay. About Tell dumb- me all about it. <laughs> Stories about dumb people that would make Darwin weep for the future of our species.
1: You are
0: so dumb. You are really dumb. Oh, yeah.
1: And just just in case anyone who's listening actually think I saw a statue of Darwin weeping, uh, like, stigmata, Virgin Mary style, I made that up. Continue.
2: Well, they, they belong in one of these stories.
1: Oh, oh, oh god damn, you went there. Oh, look at uh, that. All right.
2: A German man died on Christmas Day after blowing up a condom dispenser with a homemade bomb in a botched robbery.
1: Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Um, he blew up a condom dispenser mm-hmm. with a homemade bomb. Yep, to get condoms. Because I, I think he was
2: after the money,
1: I think. Oh, oh, okay.
2: Yeah, the big the big score. Those condom quarters. <laughs> Which you probably <sighs> would kill him.
1: <them>. Um <laughs> You know what? I actually heard a story of somebody who we used to go to school with who ended up doing some jail time for uh, one of those stealing coin operated stunts. Just, you know, it, it happens. People, people oh, yeah. are dumb.
2: Yes. I'm going to break the law for almost no money.
1: Um, good, good, good. Thank you. I don't get it. There's probably like what? Maybe $100 worth of quarters to begin with? I uh, Somebody has to do the laundry. Uh, ah, yeah, there, there we go. That's what that's what it is. It's for laundry money. All right,
2: continue. <laughs> the 29-year-old and two accomplices attacked the bomb uh, attached the bomb to the vending machine in a quiet street before taking cover in their vehicle. But the victim didn't close the door in time and was struck in the head by a steel shard from the explosion.
1: What a way His to go compli- down, man.
2: Killed by a condom machine.
1: That's, that sounds like it was something kinky right. is do going Do you think on. like his family and friends were like? I, mean, I don't. I don't really think of the Germans being into petty theft, but uh, like, do you think at his his wake or his funeral, like they they were funny about it? Like, what do you, what do you do? Like, oh, man, my jackass just, cousin just killed himself with a exploding condom machine. Do you think that they made like, like puns just, and jokes just, about it?
2: Just tell everybody he committed suicide. It's less embarrassing. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, but th- that's news, though. I mean, you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. your cousin's a guy who uh, blew, blew up a con machine and died, huh? Uh,
2: his accomplices took him to the hospital, but he died of his wounds.
1: Hey, hey uh, Jeff, the men- they, when, when they went to the hospital, do you think that's where the rubber hit the road? <laughs> I just imagine, like,
2: melted rubber. Stuck to him like napalm.
1: Ah! Oh, my God.
2: That's frightening. <laughs> the men told staff at the hospital in the western town of Schopengen that their unconscious friend had fallen down the stairs and got a piece of... Sh- <laughs> he fell down the stairs and got a piece of shard of metal stuck so why in why does yeah.
1: metal say condoms on it? <laughs> Uh, there's, uh, but there's one, one of them, in the lobby of course, in the apartment building. Sorry. Yeah, but one of them
2: later admitted to police that they had blown up the machine. Police confirmed that none of the money or condoms from the machine were actually taken. Oh my God! <laughs> so fails all around. All around. I mean, least, I guess. Uh, I guess one could say he just didn't take proper prophylactic measures to oh protect himself God. from a seriously dangerous discharge.
1: Yep. Knew that was coming. I <laughs> ah, knew that was coming. Coming. <laughs> Alright, sorry.
2: Like a man, like a man masturbating under a blanket.
1: You'll never see him coming.
0: You are so dumb. You are really gone. Oh, yeah. So dumb, so dumb, so dumb, so uh
1: speaking of masturbation, Jeff. <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. That was a good tie-in. Yeah! I didn't even plan that shit. I know! Um,
2: Michigan State Police say a 58 year old man died Sunday while watching porn and masturbating behind the wheel.
1: Okay. Um, I, I believe you first heard about the story from me because when I, la- when I yes. saw this, I laughed my ass off. And then I'm like, Oh my God, Jeff's got to know about this.
2: You've really gotten into the Darwin weeps uh, um, I have. mindset.
1: I have, and uh, well, <laughs> two of, the, two of the three stories. I, well, I, I sort of neurotically, neurotically check on Detroit sports happenings and Michigan Wolverines and all that stuff. And so, you know, I'll get on like the Detroit News website or something, and th- I think that's actually where I found this article. And I'm like, oh my fucking god! Of course, it happened on i94. So, uh, seventy five. Uh, w- w- which one was it?
2: Southbound I-75. Oh, so that's 75. So, that, so Detroit, definitely Detroit area. Oh yeah, definitely.
1: And, um, and of course, you and I both lived that way at some point in our lives and are familiar enough yep. with that road. I just can't. I mean, it's not like it's a stretch of highway where, number one, it doesn't get congested, and number two, there aren't shitloads of people all the time. <laughs> so, I mean, can you imagine just driving by? I'm like, oh, my God, the guy's watching. Po- oh, my God, the guy's confident right <laughs> now. <laughs> And then um oh yeah, go continue the story before we talk about it some more because I, I don't want to steal your thunder. The
2: the no, it's okay. The preliminary investigation revealed the driver was watching a movie while behind the wheel.
0: Gring, wink, wink,
2: Please say the driver was not wearing a seatbelt when he lost control well, of no, the car No, because
1: it's gonna get in the way of the erection. Oh, Clearly you toilet- have to take it off.
2: Well, the edge of that seatbelt can be kind of rough. You yeah, know. Like it will Look out for chafing. Yeah, watch out for chafing. Uh, he was partially ejected through the sunroof and died on the scene. Oh, my the man God. was not wearing any pants. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, I'm sort of thinking about this after the fact, but uh, what if something happened to his junk? I mean, if he were impacted hard enough, if he, something happened something else, I mean— like, what if he just died and you, you, you know, you, you've heard the expression that eh, got nothing but my dick in my hand. I mean, like, what if he died with literally nothing but his dick in his hand?
2: He didn't know whether he was coming or going.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, he done, he done went. How about that? <laughs> ah, good old oh, George Carlin classic. Man.
0: <laughs> you are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. So dumb. So dumb. So dumb. So dumb.
2: And uh, Spring Hill, Florida. Oh
1: yeah, on Friday. Saw this one yesterday. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited
0: this is about this one from
2: you. Spring Hill, Florida, on Friday, January 20- 29th, ninth. Publix workers saw Paula J. Ernst, fifty one, selecting items and putting them in her shopping cart. Okay, nothing strange there. Nothing strange there yet. No, no. Um, that's she
1: then completely innocuous.
2: <laughs> she then allegedly took the groceries from her shopping ca- cart. I caught. From a shopping, shopping cart, and put them, <laughs> and then put them into reusable public shopping bags, which she had brought with her. Fernando County Sheriff's Office detectives say Ernst walked out of the store without paying for the groceries. Right. The incident was recorded by surveillance cameras.
1: Which you know, so far, this just seems like, uh, like, oh, some shithead just stole groceries. Okay, why is this on Darwin Weeps?
2: <laughs> All right. Public's employees wrote down Ernst's license plate number. She was then contacted at her home by telephone and agreed to return to the store. (laughs) After she was arrested. (laughs)
1: Okay, keep going. I'm sorry.
2: After she was arrested, Ernst told deputies that she didn't need to steal the items and walked out of the store because she had defecated in her pants, according to the arrest affidavit. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh,
1: I, I shouldn't be this old and enjoying poop <laughs> jokes quite so much, but God damn, is this funny? Not only is this funny because I wish this could be a blanket excuse for fucking everything in life. I'm sorry, <laughs> I officer. I, I ran pants. over that hobo because I shit my pants.
2: That would be very distracting uh, while driving.
1: I mean, like we've all been I mean, have we haven't we all been there at some point in our life where yes, yes, we have suffered the the shame of having shit once pants. But man, I've never thought to commit a crime. <laughs> Uh, I remember like several years, like I was actually in college at the time and I was at like a, back when we actually had music stores and and shit, there was like an indie music store close by. And I remember being in there with a friend looking at some CDs. You know, I was, you know, let let one, let one rip, you know, hit and run. Somebody, I'll fart on somebody and just leave. Right. Well, it turned out that, uh, (laughs) karma was paying me back and I shit myself. (laughs) I mean, like, I could have just like started shoving, shoving CDs down my pants or something and just walked out I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I, I, I shit my pants. I didn't, didn't I, know what I, to I do. I didn't know what to do. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, we're going to hire like a psych, a psychologist, psychiatrist to come in for our, for our, uh, you know, testimony and be like, uh, yes, uh, when one shits one, one's pants, uh, obviously this is going to cause a psychosis and therefore the individual does not know what he or she is capable of at she particular time. <laughs>
2: Yeah, what was that? Uh, what was that? Uh, uh, that psychosis and, uh, from uh, Breaking Bad that he was pretending to have? Oh,
1: I don't remember. I don't remember.
2: <laughs> um, but really, unless you're full of shit (pun intended), <sighs> you you leave the groceries.
1: Not, seriously, like what? <laughs> what part of her story? That's what makes it so fucking hilarious. It's like, okay, you shit your pants, lady, but what? Like. What me? Why would you grab the groceries? You shit your pants! I don't
2: know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Unless 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 one of the bag had one of the grocery bags had toilet paper, and she couldn't (laughs) couldn't figure out which one (laughs) in (laughs) in her (laughs) panic to to leave. leave Toilet
1: paper, okay. (laughs) Like like, emergency situation, okay. It's
2: like one of these has toilet paper. I I have no time to figure out which. I will just have to take them all. Oh my god. Ernest Ugh. was charged with shoplifting and blocked and and booked into the Hernando County Jail. Um,
1: and did, you her yeah. did you see her picture? Yeah. Did you see? I don't want to. I don't want to see her shitty, <laughs> shitty grandma panties, man. <laughs> it, but if the giant shitty sweatpants fit, you must quit. Uh, I don't think we can quit, man. <laughs> I think the judge shit him, his pants too, so he's off the hook. It's like, see, prove, prove. Oh, oh God, get God. this away from me! Uh, all right, all right. I, I probably should not have been as tickled by that as as I as I, as I am. But obviously, I still am. No, it's, uh, that's
2: okay. okay, it's, okay.
1: It's, it's funny. I'm just funny I'm start shit. using it. Yeah, you know, like when you know, if my wife gets mad at me for something, I'll be like, yeah, sorry, I shit myself. <laughs> Like how do you argue with that? Like really? Like as long as you're not committing an actual like misdemeanor or felony, fe- you know, felony. If you you know you do something to them, I'd be like, ah, I'm, I'm sorry, I shit myself. I I don't know what I was thinking. I was I was thinking my pants were full of shit at that time. So like it just brain wasn't functioning. It was just full of shit.
2: Yeah, but if you started using it, then eventually you would start abusing it. It's like, sorry, honey. No, no, no. Here's I can't, the thing. I can't, I can't do the dishes. That I shit my you, pants.
1: No, you You got to put your, your your turd where your mouth is, and you're actually going to have ah! to shit your pants sometimes. Like, you're just going to have to go <laughs> ahead and do it and and squeeze that thing out and be like, yeah, I'm sorry I shit myself.
2: Well, you just recorded. Apparently, it's a whole genre of porn.
1: Oh, God damn it, Jeffrey. Why'd you have to go there? <laughs>
2: Why did anyone God. have to go there?
1: That's uh, that's that's the whole point. Uh, did I ever tell you that? Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell a little story about that just because it's funny. Uh-oh. uh sh- Speaking of shy as a video, but uh, yeah, we're, we're not <laughs> going anywhere today, right? So, you know, I'm in Japan, right? I'm in Tokyo. and Oh, God. White, white men love Asian women and i think pretty much every man loves pornography yes
2: did you see that study (sighs) every every man every man loves asian women every (laughs) every subset of men love asian women. Uh,
1: why do you have yellow fever i don't know i shit my pants (laughs) 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 anyway so like i'm with i'm with this friend and he's like i'm gonna go some i'm gonna buy some porn before we go home i'm like all right sweet man i (laughs) love me some porn (laughs) like i wasn't gonna buy any but like i'll you know i'll browse whatever right So we're in the oh geez, uh, we're we're I think where our hotel was was in the like the 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 sumo wrestling district, and you know, there's a train with the tracks, and underneath the tracks there's actually like sort of like this sort of I don't know strip mall I guess built in in a building underneath, and we go in this porn shop, and he's doing his thing, and I'm like yeah whatever, I'm looking at the covers like oh yeah oh yeah, and I get I get to this one cover, and I, you know, I'm looking, I'm kind of squinting because this, you know, of course it's a porn shop. It's not the best lit place in the world. Um, and I look at this cover. Have I ever told you the story? No. Oh my I'm, God. That's why I'm like okay. wrapped you're, with you're, attention. You're, okay. You're, 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 you're gripping yourself for what's to come. Um, L- listening with bated breath. Uh, masturbated breath. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I'm looking, I'm squinting at this cover. I'm like, man, that is a huge black car going up that woman's ass right now. And I look close. I'm like, that's not a black cup. That's a, it's great. Oh, oh, oh my God. That's a six, that's a six inch in diameter turd coming out of her ass. And she's shooting like, oh my God, oh my God. And so like, you know, misery loves company. And the same thing I did to you, you know, junior year of high school. I, I'm yelling for this guy. I'm like, "Come here! come here, come here, come here, come here. And he comes back. I'm like, look at that. And he's like, is that a big black car? Oh, my God. It's not a black <laughs> car. That's shit. And so we left without buying anything.
2: Oh, and if anybody's wondering about that story from my school, uh, we were on some band trip. Band trip. And uh, <laughs> there, we went, there was a pool at the hotel. We went down to the pool. And we were in the changing room afterwards. And, uh, and Buchacha went, hey, look right. I looked right I pa- as pat I was passing by uh one of the you know rows of of uh, of uh, changing stations. Lockers. lockers. Right, right. And it was an old guy with his balls like down to his knees.
1: <laughs> Literally down to his knees. Like you always hear these stories about like oh gravity's gonna gravity's gonna get you <laughs> and of course, you know, was it the skin of the nose and the skin of the scrotum never stop growing so long as you live and fucking shit? I learned that lesson <laughs> that day, my friends. <laughs> So did you, uh, because misery uh, loves well, that- company. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, oh. Now, the, I'm serious. The shit thing was worse <laughs> I, I would imagine <laughs> so. Because, you know, like you, you see this cute little Asian face, and then you see the size of that turd coming out of her ass as she shits on some guy's chest. What? And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with this world?
2: Cute, cute little Asian face all screwed up in what looks like concentration.
1: Yeah, yeah, man, that was a big time. All right, and now for—I mean, why, why put that on the cover anyway? Like, I mean, that, that should be your coup de gras. That comes at the end, the big finale, right? That's the—that's the fireworks. No, they put that shit on the oh, cover because it's Japan, and they love them some shit porn. But you better blur out all the genitals because that's gross. <sighs> <laughs> well, you know. Priorities guys.
2: My, my okay. My um, wife is gonna <clears throat> hate this part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, we're, we're getting way off track here. We? Well,
2: from one wholesome story to the next, it's now it's time for <laughs> <laughs> I
1: feel I feel guilty going into this next, because my daughters love this this character. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You are so dumb, you are really dumb, oh yeah. so dumb, so dumb, so
2: dumb, so And now it's time for Headline
1: Nerds. Yeah! <laughs>
0: Get the nerds!
2: Where's Ray? Would your son want to play with an action figure of Rey, the central figure in the latest Star Wars film? Would your daughter? It's too bad. They don't have a choice. Hasbro, among other toy makers, left out the one key female figure in the Force Awakens game sets.
1: Yeah, man, that's bullshit. And not to
2: mention toys in general. Hasbro says it was to preserve plot secrets. Sure. But as industry insiders said, the choice was deliberate. The insiders said the decision to exclude Rey was based on marketing assumptions and not for plot reasons. Manufacturer of products that tie into popular movies have been in the news in recent months for appearing to favor male characters over female ones. Products featuring um, yeah. popular science fiction, fantasy, and superhero movies have marginalized or completely excluded the female characters. The controversy was mm-hmm. peaked in the past few weeks with Lucas's Star Wars film The Force Awakens buyers found that Ray, the protagonist of the film, was missing from a significant number of Star Wars-related products.
1: Yes, uh, that was something very lamentable come this past Christmas when I was looking for things to buy them because they saw the movie for Christmas, you know, right before Christmas, and there wasn't a goddamn thing on the market. Uh, Hasbro received criticism
2: from the Star Wars Monopoly set where
1: Rightfully so. Where players
2: could take the part of four different characters, all male. Also, Hasbro's battle-action Millennium Falcon playset features Finn, Chewbacca, and BB-8 characters, but not Rey.
1: Though in the film, Rey piloted the ship at one point. Uh, <laughs> it seems like it should be pretty obvious that... Uh, like, I, you know, I, Of course, I've been keeping tabs on this because my daughters actually want Rey toys to play with. And all I've been able to get them so far is like little like beanie bag thing, like beanie baby kind of things from Which Walmart. Isn't the same?
2: And not the same.
1: Yeah, it's like that's not really. I mean, of course they love soft squishy things, but uh, say what? <laughs> let me let me rephrase. Let me let me rephrase that. My daughters love soft squishy toy animals. Um, oh, yeah, you went yeah. there, jeez, man. It's it's because of that last story. <laughs> what, what was what was I thinking? Telling you that story? <laughs> that was aw- You were thinking that would be awesome
2: because <laughs> it was.
1: <laughs> I'm actually surprised I've never told you that. Anyway, um, uh, moving on. Uh, yes issued a statement. Well oh, go ahead. Hasbro
2: issued a statement to Entertainment Weekly on January fifth, assuring fans that future versions of the Monopoly set would include Ray. The Star Wars Monopoly game was released in September, months before the movie's release.
1: Oh that's And right. Rey that's was right. not
2: included to avoid really <laughs> revealing a okay. key plotline.
1: That's what I that's what I actually I was gonna say was, you know, I've been keeping tags for when Taps for when the toys are actually going to be released or whatever. And, uh, you know, they, I guess they planned Ray and a bunch of the second wave shit. Cause I don't know if you noticed it. Whenever you go to, like, whenever I go to Target, I have to go to the toy section with them. Cause that's just life as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there, of course, being the Star Wars person that I am. And of course, uh, my younger daughter being the way she is with her Chewbacca obsession and whatnot. Like, we, we check out the Star Wars toys when we're there. And, it, there wasn't really much in the way of anything. Uh, everything was very limited. There was a lot of Star Wars Rebel stuff and, uh, some of the classic Ridge Tridge characters. Uh, but there really wasn't a whole lot for the new characters. So, like, I see what, why there wouldn't have been. But let me tell you, man, there was like a six figure set at Christmas time at Target. Uh, that had like Ray and, uh, Phasm- uh, no, it didn't have fast. It had Ray. had, uh, Pilot and it had, poe dameron and finn and some random stormtrooper it didn't have yeah it didn't have rain it didn't have phasma the two female characters and i'm like oh shit like i want to get them back because it does have it did have chewbacca but it's like what uh, what the hell but and i also didn't want to get in because those were like the what 12 inch characters toys and i'm like i didn't want to buy it unless i knew for a fact that they were going to at some point release the twelve inch ray. But well, apparently they are. So this next wave, as planned, they're going to be releasing a bunch of Ray shit. And of course, like you're saying with this this monopoly thing, they're going to well, you, rectify you know what, that. You know what plot
2: point they supposedly were trying to keep keep secret? That uh Ray uh joins with the Rebel Alliance. It's like, oh my god, couldn't see that coming.
1: No, not from not from a mile away. <laughs> Speaking of Ray, like um I know you have more of this story but did you did you watch that that link I sent you about uh the Wraith thing? Not yet,
2: I've been pretty busy.
1: But god damn it, Jeffrey, cuz like I actually think the dude nailed it. Nailed <laughs> next it. Next time. Like I would I would actually be flabbergasted if this what this guy's theory was is not the actual story.
2: Well, we can either wait for next time or we can record a special interlude in a couple days.
1: Um, well, we are the kinky tauntaun, so uh, talking Star Wars is kind of our thing. <laughs> but, anyways. All right. Uh, next
2: time. Uh, John Marcotte, founder of the Heroic Girls, said absolute rubbish. Um, uh, Hasbro is merely trying to save face. Monopoly is a game about buying and selling properties. There is no plot to be given away by including the character Ray. Uh,
1: I, it's not like they would have included her with her. I mean, they included Vader. They included yeah, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Two opposite sides of the spectrum. I mean, like, okay, that wouldn't necessarily give anything away.
2: Uh, Jenna Bush, founder and editor-in-chief of, mm. of Legion of Leia, a feminist sci-fi fan site, blogged, that's how. That's not how Monopoly works. The top hat and the thimble were not plot, plot points either. In uh, January 2015, a number of toy and merchandise vendors descended on Lucasfilm. Uh, Lucasfilm's Letterman Center in San Francisco. In a series of confidential meetings, the vendors presented their products' ideas to tie in with the highly anticipated new Star Wars film. An insider who was at those meetings described how initially versions of many of the products presented to Lucas, uh, featured Ray prominently. At first, uh, decisions were positive. Our discussions were positive, but as the meetings wore on, one or more individuals raised concerns about the presence of female characters in a Star Wars product. Eventually, the product vendors were uh, specifically Ooh. directed to exclude the Ray character from all Star Wars related merchandise.
1: Ooh, uh, see, I hadn't heard that. Yeah,
2: the insider uh, said that they said, we know what sells, the industry insider was told. No boy oh, wants yeah. to be given okay. a female, a, a toy with a female character on it.
1: Um, I I distinctly remember playing with my Princess Leia toys quite often. And Jem is truly like, outrageous. That, that was no bit. Truly, truly, was no. Th- okay, I, I I didn't fucking play with Jem. I don't know what are you what are you trying to say? I play with Jem. Are you trying to say I put you were
2: okay. you were stoked about you know you know the cartoon Jem showing it to your little
1: girls? Um, number one because I love me some eighties, and number like I never liked that show when I was a kid because it was. <laughs> I'm almost proving the guy's point here. I didn't like girl shows back then, goddammit. Um, no, I, you know, it's from the 80s. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get them the same nostalgia for 80s shit that I have. That's, it's all part of my, uh, brainwashing as a parent. Come on. (laughs) Um, the most, I mean, would you rather, would you rather have me do the Bible or some shit? Come on. No, that's okay.
2: Uh, that, you know, it's too many, too bit, too many harsh triggering stories for women. Exactly. Uh, The most recent Avengers movie, for example, there was a scene in which Black Widow drops out of the belly of a jet while riding a motorcycle. It was an uh, iconic moment for the character. And yet, when the toy product uh, from the scene was released, it came with several different characters from that movie, like Captain America, Iron Man, and even Ultron that you could use with the toy. All male and no Black Widow. She was removed from her own best scene.
1: You know what? I'm actually... That's bullshit, too. Like, I'm not the biggest Avengers fan in the world, but... Like, she's obviously a very integral part of those movies, including you know, the Captain America movies. Like, why is she not more prominently featured? And furthermore, besides the toys, why is there no fucking Black Widow movie yet? I, I don't know. I, I don't well, even I know, if know there's well, apparently we're getting No, there's not. We're getting this Captain Marvel movie coming out with the female Captain Marvel. But it's like, dude, that's really obvious. You have Scarlett Johansson, one of the biggest movie stars in the world, playing that ca- Character, and you know, she can carry a movie, and you know, people like to look at Scarlett Johansson (laughs) and her character kicks ass. Like, why is this not a thing? They could
2: make like a a prequel story where that was really dark and about assassinations and why she left the business.
1: Um, I agree. All right, continue on. Uh,
2: the industry insider confirmed that the Black Widow character is widely considered unusable within the toy industry. She has a tight black outfit. Our main customer. Our main customers are concerned with family values, said the insider.
1: Bullshit! I had the slave-armored Princess Leia! <laughs> I mean, the she's naked!
2: Well, sounds like the guy needs some alone time. Maybe if he uh, released the demons, he'd stop <gasps> sexualizing a children's toy.
1: Uh, maybe they just go fucking masturbate <laughs> while driving. I don't know. Uh,
2: at the same time, however, it's increasingly apparent that uh, marketers' perceptions are seriously out of touch with consumers' tastes. Princess toy sales are in free fall. Disney can't give away princess toys anymore, according to the insider. And yet the insider said the directive is there. Maintain a sharp boy-girl product division.
1: You know that my my girls are kind of indifferent to like they love Disney princess stuff, but like when you go to Toy aisle Toy aisle with that, they're just like eh. Well like so
2: I see it I see it firsthand. Um well apparently some of this goes back to the deregulation of the advertising industry in nineteen eighties in the nineteen eighties under President Ronald Reagan. He fucked up something else. What a shock. As the oh,
1: orca come on now.
2: <laughs> As the organization points for the gender division trend, uh once that happened, toy manufacturers realized they could increase sales by designing toys to be more narrowly targeted. Instead of just having a ball, you could make it pink and put a princess on it. Or paint it blue and put G.I. Joe on it. Now, parents have to buy two sets of toys, one for their daughter and one for their son. Money, money, money.
1: Genius.
2: (laughs) Uh, Disney was completely blindsided by the reaction to the Star Wars characters. They put a huge investment on marketing and merchandising the Kylo Ren character. They presumed he would be the big breakout role for the film. Uh, They were completely...
1: Had none of these asshats seen the movie or knew anything about it?
2: It's like, ooh, yeah, the bad guy. People love playing with, you know, children love playing with bad guys. It's like, no, they want the good guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. They get the
2: bad guys so the good guys can beat them up. (laughs) But apparently apparently they were completely surprised when it was Ray everyone identified with and wanted to see more of. Now they're stuck with... Bullshit. Now they're stuck with vast amounts of Kylo Ren products that is not moving, so they're losing money.
1: Well, that well that's surprising, actually. it's like, I mean, he's still cool.
2: Uh, Ray isn't totally absent from all products. The warrior is featured in several Hasbro games, including Hands Down, Guess Who, and Chess, all games that are not action oriented. <laughs> Did you notice that that trend?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: Fans will see more Ray products hitting store shelves this month, including (sighs) 6-inch and 12-inch Ray action figures. Um, My wife actually gave me uh, this addendum. A Girl Scout infuriated that there was no Ray Monopoly piece uh, to play with wrote Hasbro and demanded that they atone for their
1: sexist crime. I I read about this.
2: Yeah. Well she probably didn't probably didn't not in so many words, but she was successful. Yeah,
1: I, I don't think so. I actually think I read the letter they posted online I'm like, oh, okay. Uh
2: uh she was successful and they're adding Ray to the games as soon as possible.
1: Right. And that's kind of the that that I think that was what started the whole thing anyway. But yeah, man, it's it's bullshit. Bullshit. Uh okay, Jeffrey, what's next? Sigma Beta Omega?
2: Approximately two months after the release of Batman v. Superman Dawn of Justice seems like a perfect opportunity for Warner Brothers and DC Comics to tease one of the biggest badasses in comic book history coming to the big screen. A new illustrated cover for an issue of Empire brought the title Conflict Between the Heroes to Life, but hidden away between the pages of the magazine was another image that teased a major reveal. It's not It's not much more than an Omega symbol carved or perhaps blasted into the earth. But like the saying goes, a picture is worth a thousand words. In the DC comic world, the Omega symbol points to the one and only Darkseid. Darkseid. So the image is clearly an indication that Darkseid is at least part of the DC cinematic universe. Well, it is the
1: dawn of justice. So maybe the dawning of justice is to fight Darkseid.
2: I well said. Even if the screen, even if he doesn't appear until the Justice League Part One, uh, what's unclear is how his influence will affect the plot of Batman All versus right. Superman. All
1: right. I know this is probably a topic for an entirely d- a different day, and maybe some we, we can revisit later on down if we uh, decide to do a kinky taunt on about uh, you know the Batman versus Superman movie. But I'm not a really big DC guy, but let me tell you, man, I love fucking adore the 90s-era cartoons that they put out. You know, Batman, the animated series, the Superman series, and the Justice League cartoons they put on that they were all intertwined. Man, god damn, those are great cartoons. And... I just watched uh, Batman... Oh, yeah, yeah, like I I have the DVDs for that and I want to get the Superman DVDs and maybe eventually Justice League as well. Um, and that's the funny thing is like, I'm not like, I don't like the DC comics. I don't like, I'm not a big fan of way, pretty much anything DC's put out movie wise except for the the Christopher Nolan stuff. And, um, it's like, why not like that works so remarkably well? That little formula, uh, where they were just kind of using this Art Deco motif. And sort of like a classic, classy presentation of the characters. Like, why are they not tapping into that in a live action format? And I, I guess that, that all sort of started with the 1989, uh, Timothy Burton, uh, Burton movie anyway. That's kind of what set it all from there. But that style. Yeah, that style. Batman, so, yeah. like, it doesn't have to be a Tim Burton movie, but uh, the, the goddamn man, like, man, man of steel was a train wreck. <laughs> it's it, it's not a good movie, and that's the thing. Like, I want I wanted to like that movie. I wanted well, kinda, to
2: come on, guys. Di- dial it up a little. Dial it up. A and little.
1: and Holy everything shit. I'm dial getting down a little. Yeah, <laughs> everything I'm getting vibe wise from this this Donald Justice's movie just it, it's just more of the same. Shit's gonna. I mean, it's it's turning into Michael Bay.
2: Well, um, another podcast to listen to, uh, Tancast, uh. Tim Babb, one of the guys from it, he was really upset that Superman just broke that guy's neck. Yeah,
1: a lot of people have rightfully bitched about it, and uh, (laughs) I'm going to throw this out there. Like, I really don't give a shit. I'm like, eh. Um, Like, I, I think it would be impossible for him to have, like, done the damage that he did on that city. And like, actually, feels some sort of moral qualms with snapping his neck at the end. I'm like, you're pretty much fucking everybody else over unless you yeah. don't do that. Yeah, like, Unless you actually take him out permanently. he uh, said
2: it was out of the characters. You know, yeah, normal, fuck those people.
1: Normal, that, that has no basis in reality whatsoever. Anyway, he's like,
2: you wouldn't. Superman wouldn't kill you. Yeah,
1: you know what? Bullshit. That's why the Marvel stuff, for the time being, and probably for well, the, the foreseeable future, will, will be brought, superior.
2: Well, the the movies have brought a little more realism to it. I mean, people die.
1: Yeah, people die. Uh, you know, throwing
2: around, throwing around buildings and expect everyone to be okay.
1: Uh, you know, I feel I feel something coming. Like we're going to be doing another Star Wars thing soon, but uh, we might have to do a, a special Deadpool. Addition as well. Ooh, yes. Yes. When does that come out? I'm going to see uh, that. Right before Valentine's Day.
2: Oh, it's a... So well, it's soon. My, my wife is awesome. She will probably actually want to go, go see that to for that, your, for that for Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day. Day.
1: Hell yeah, man. All right. Uh, let, let's move this truck along, man.
2: Uh, Guardians of the Labyrinth. <laughs> for many people... The phrase labyrinth remake is enough to send shivers down the spine. So when the news came that that a new labyrinth movie is actually in the works just days after the death of David Bowie, no less, the pop, the public reaction was uniformly negative.
1: Uh, And I'm going to say rightfully so on this one.
2: Um, the Hollywood Reporter revealed that Lisa Henson and the Henson Company will produce the film, which will be written by Guardians of the Galaxy scribe Nicole Perlman. Potential. In response to the ba- yeah. In response to the backlash from Labyrinth fans, uh, Perlman tweeted that the new film wouldn't be a reboot.
1: Um. Uh, yeah.
2: Adding that. Uh, while the timing was bad, she's been discussing the film with the Henson Co- uh, Company since 2014. 2014.
1: Yeah. So, um, okay, uh, well, I'm all right. Like I, I want it to happen, and I don't want it to happen. Like I, I love the mythology created in that movie, and but I think a lot of it was just so relied on David Bowie that unless it's really phenomenal, I. I'd, what are you, you going to do? Like, It would be wrong for them to replace the character of Jareth. Like, I don't want to see anything yes. to do with the character of Jareth. But if well, it,
2: and it, they said they're not going to. Yeah. They're not, they're not going to have Jareth. Okay,
1: so, but what do you like? in what way would you like, maybe you, since he couldn't win Sarah's heart, he retired into some other dimension or something, whatever. Like, I, I might be okay with that, but the other part of it is like, dude, it's the fucking soundtrack, man. Like, who who are you going to get? It's going to have a kick-ass soundtrack.
2: <laughs> Did
1: You say Mclemore? Oh yeah, sorry, Mclemore. God damn it, Jeff! At least you didn't say Justin Bieber or something. I mean, <laughs> oh, they're, they're uh, the the rock star thing has sort of died. You have pop stars now, uh, and I yeah. you know if somewhere to throw. Out, oh my god, what is the new the, this labyrinth? Uh, Sequel stars Justin fucking Bieber. What would you do? <laughs> well,
2: it seems like it's going to start Justin Bieber, and then James Hetfield comes in with a with a uh, <laughs> yeah, with, with with a guitar that has an axe blade on it and beheads him, and he says
1: "Yayo." Yeah, yeah. After <laughs> he delivers every line <laughs> and with, yeah, with, with a "Yayo." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, peebler. Yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway.
2: So of so the Goblin King is to be uh uh James Headfield as the Demon
1: Lord. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So well, since, since Ronnie James Dio is dead I I I can feel it. I can do it. I can dig it. All right. Uh-huh. Moving on. The real X-Files.
2: Prior to the relaunch of Fox supernatural and conspiracy series, The X Files, the normal secretive central, in- the normally secret central intelligence agency became less publicity shy, releasing documents and photos detailing their own top secret investigations into UFO sightings. All right, pause.
1: How much pause. of an X Files fan were you?
2: Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of sci-fi back then, and it was on. So,
1: I should tell you something. So, like casual.
2: No, I watched it fairly religiously for the first, you know, however many seasons. I I was a very casual X
1: Files guy, and of course, my wife has been watching the series on Netflix in preparation for the. uh, It's on Netflix now. Oh yeah, it's been on Netflix, but she she was trying to get all caught up for this uh, season ten that just started to come out, and uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Keep going. Think
2: Scully's still going to be hot.
1: Uh, actually, that's the funny thing. Uh, David Duchovny. I I mean, he's old. I don't want to say he hasn't aged well, but he hasn't particularly aged well. And then you look at Jillian Anderson, who's you know maybe a few years younger, and you're like, oh goddamn, she's still hot. And then my wife's like, oh my god, David Duchovny was so cute. Uh, now he has old man face. (laughs) And so I'm like, yeah, just imagine those wrinkly balls. Hey Jeff, look right. David had come, him hanging down to his ankles. All right, continue on. <laughs> um, on their
2: blog, yes, the CIA has a blog, the agency in- invited the world to take a peek into our X-Files, providing photos, links, and documents dating back to the early
1: 1950s. Mm-hmm. But that's post-Roswell. They're still covering <laughs> shit that's up. True.
2: Conspiracy. The truth is out there. We've decided to highlight a few documents both skeptics and believers will find interesting. Below you will find five documents we think X Files creator agent a- X Files character agent Fox Mulder would love to use to try and persuade others of the existence of extraterrestrials. The post reads: We also pulled five documents that we think his skeptical partner, Agent Dana Scully, could could use to provide to could use to prove there's a scientific explanation for UFO sightings. They're now, just, I just, they're just to say, fucking
1: with us at this point, man.
2: I just have to say, uh, I have to break it to you, but if there was and or ever is a real UFO, a real UFO from an extraterrestrial origins, that would be scientifically explainable as well.
1: <sighs> well, <laughs> maybe. I mean, you know what Arthur, Arthur C. Clarke says about that. Magic. Yes. Any any significantly advanced technology will seem like see magic. magic to us. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I am neither a believer in extraterrestrial visits, uh, nor a disbeliever in UFOs. But I will say I I I'm intrigued, and yep. j- just like Scully, I want to believe. I want to
2: believe. Well. Uh- like ancient aliens is like uh historical pseudoscientific
1: uh uh junk food. Emphasis on it's, the pseudo, it's fun.
2: It's, it's fun, but it's not good for you. <laughs>
1: um Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the people they interview on that show are uh people they find maybe looking for narcotic substances on various street corners.
2: They, they just have to look through Georgios Suculos hair Giorgio Suculos hair yeah. to find all magic mushrooms yep. and, there we and go. ecstasy. There we go. That's where he hides it in that funky hair, dude. Um, next story. What gives you the feels? British... Electrics manufacturer Alba surveyed 2,000 UK adults about what their favorite feel-good songs were. Now, using science to figure out something as subjecti- subjective as a feel-good song can be tricky, but it doesn't mean it can't be done. Out of the survey came songs like ABBA's "Dancing Queen," oh, oh. yeah, <laughs> "Dancing Queen," <laughs> The Beach Boys' "Good Vibrations," That's a damn and good Billy song. Joel's "and Billy Joel's Uptown Love Girl." That song? Out of all. Of out of all they've listed, I think "Uptown Girl" would be my best. It's
1: pretty good. <gasps> um, but oh my. The top song. Oh my god! But the top
2: song wasn't Pharrell's. What? Oh my god! What?
1: Oh uh, no! I just read. I'm reading what you have here, and the song that actually wins is very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> okay.
2: the The top song wasn't Pharrell's "Happy." It was actually Queen's. Don't stop me now. And for for
1: many people, their introduction to that song because it's it's on the greatest hits, but it's not one of their big ones. But so most people know it from Shaun of the Dead <laughs> when they're throwing the records <laughs> at the zombies
2: and beating and beating one of the zombies in time with the music. Yes.
1: <laughs> um. But man, I've always because it's just uh, obviously we know now, looking back, that Freddie Mercury was he was gay, and this song is Wait, what what what. Oh, Freddie Mercury was gay. Yeah, he everything. I know, me. I know. You're you're gonna have to stop listening to the music, obviously. <laughs> um, no, anyway. Um, it, it just it struck me the first time because you know I, I bought that greatest this album when I was probably like 14 or whatever, and I was like, man, this is the, the, the gayest song I've ever heard. But God damn it, I love it anyway. <laughs> and that's you know that's before my opinions had formed uh about such matters but it, it didn't matter to me like I, I just like i don't care if the song is gay i love this song and so that it, it's really like i love how there's science to back that up now
2: <laughs> uh, my feel good uh song is either bloodhound gang's foxtrot uniform charlie kilo indeed or- the llama song I find if I listen to the llama song over and over it breaks you and puts you in a manic state
1: (laughs) I don't think that's happy this is it happens, it
2: happens to me and my wife. We just so you, at first we're like, "Oh my god, this song is so weird," and then after about you know a couple of times through, we're like bouncing
1: around the house, like borderline catatonic. Uh, no, manic. Oh, More okay. Like a manic. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, what about you, Pachacha? Um, What's are we talking song? like like strictly feel good, happy kind of song? Yeah. Uh, ooh, or just but like yes, it's
2: hurt uh, by Nine Inch
1: <laughs> Um, no. Speaking of which, I mean, did you watch the uh, duo between David Bowie and Trent Reznor doing that? No, I Speaking didn't. Speaking of the feels, that, that gave me the fucking feels when I saw that. Anyway, that aside, um, man, there's so there are so many songs that are like that for me. Uh, man, I think one of the songs that I think like just makes me happy is Peter Gabriel's Sol- Salisbury Hill. I can't remember
2: how that one goes.
1: It's a climbing up on Salisbury Hill. I don't, I don't know the words very <laughs> well, uh,
2: <laughs>
1: but sing it, sing um, it. Um, you, you, you can you can insert it uh, a brief little clip right here. How about that?
2: Climbing up on Salisbury.
1: Um, yeah, so, like, uh, uh, that one always makes me pretty happy. Um, you know, a song I really think is really happy sounding is Corn Rayleigh Bay, uh, Corn Baylor. Shit, what's her name? Corn Bailey Ray. Shit, I don't know why I couldn't say that. Uh, that, go put, put your, your records record on. Show Tell me your, your favorite, favorite song. Like I th- that's a really happy song. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, that's that, that. I guess that would be the, the two that I would, I would. Say. Oh, you know what though? Beatles, "Here Comes the Sun." Uh, that's a goddamn good one too. Sun, it, I mean, there's like a little tinge of melancholy to it, yeah. but it's still a happy song.
2: Well, <laughs> the reason I like, uh, you know, Fox Uniform, Charlie Kilo, is it is just full of sexual innuendos. I mean, that's the whole point of the song.
1: Oh, Fox. Yeah. You know,
2: Fox, Strat Uniform Charlie Kilo. F-U-C-K.
1: I, and as far as like one of the, one of the lyrics, they're, they're using a euphemism for the vagina. They call it a smush mitten. Marinate
2: the nether rod in the
1: mitten. <laughs> Never in my life have I ever heard a vagina called a smush mitten. Well, they also called it. A, I think they made that I up. I think
2: they also called it a fish wrinkle. Pressure
1: <laughs> yeah I think they do. I think they do. You're right. Anyway, all right, moving on. Okay. And now it's time
2: for our science, history and technology segment we call cool shit. Cool. 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 Cool, cool. shit. Cool. cool. Shit. Yeah. 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 Some diabetics just might outlive us all. Metformin is a drug commonly prescribed to treat patients with type 2 diabetes. New studies show that metformin may help humans live up to 120 years. That's awesome. Uh, Treatments with metformin mimic some of the benefits of calorie restriction, such as improved physical performance, increased insulin sensitivity, and reduced low-density lipoproteins and cholesterol levels without a decrease in caloric intake. At a molecular level, metformin increases AMP, activated protein uh, kin- kinase activity, and increases antioxidant pr- production, uh, antioxidant protection, resulting in reduction of both oxidative damage, accumulation, and chronic inflammation. Uh, our results indicate that these actions may contribute to the beneficial effects of metformin on health spans and lifespans. I uh, heard them talk that, you know, it may. This may eliminate a lot of the uh cases of Alzheimer's. Um these findings are in agreement with current epidemiological that's a hard word to say right off the bat. Words are hard sometimes. Epidemiological data and raise the possibility <laughs> of metformin based intervention to promote healthy aging.
1: Uh oh, uh, you know what? It it's just a matter of time, man. It's just a matter of time.
2: 120 years.
1: I mean, that would let, let that's you, see, pretty good. Lets you see a
2: lot more. Cool but but shit.
1: Not, not with the shit that we eat.
2: <laughs> well, that's what I said. it You can eat. It doesn't. You said it doesn't matter the calories. You can eat, and it still will mimic a calorie restriction restricted diet.
1: So that's pretty cool, though. Yeah. that's pretty cool. All right, man. What's next?
2: It only took a little over 100 years. Construction permits have been filed for what is expected to be the first passenger-ready Hyperloop, a 760-mile-per-hour vacuum transport system envisioned by U.S. entrepreneur Elon Musk.
1: Hyper- Man, this really gets my nerd wood going. I'm, I'm, it, it really does. Well,
2: I've been talking about it for
1: years. Year! I think... That would, uh, yeah! Um, All right, keep going.
2: Hyperloop Transportation Technologies, HTT, expect the track... Uh, Expect the track in Quay Valley, California, to be completed by 2017 and ready for public use the following year. Um, Hyperloop, originally conceived by Musk as a fifth mode of transportation in a white paper in 2012, and this is where I wrote, uh... Russian professor Boris Weinberg offered a vac train concept in 1914 in the book Motion Without Friction, Airless Electric Way. He also built the first um, model yeah. of his proposed transport in Tomsk Poly- Polytechnic University in 1909. So, Must didn't really come up with it, no matter what this article is no, trying to say. Uh,
1: I, I don't necessarily think that he was saying that he came up with it, came up with it anyway. I think he, a He's little, a fairly intelligent guy. I think
2: a lot of people could be
1: fooled, though, that <laughs> I mean, well, I, I've just been seeing a cartoon and shit. I mean, it's all the Jetsons for shitting out loud. And, all right, continue Anyways, on. Musk's Hyperloop
2: is described by its developers as a 1,000% improvement on today's transport. Using a vacuum environment, it, transport car, it transports cargo or passenger capsules through an elevated tube. Eventually, it is hoped a Hyperloop network will be put in place nationwide.
1: Um but maybe maybe this is it. Maybe we are becoming the Jetsons. That'd be cool. Uh I no. imagine No, I don't think so. They like, they had really weird shit the Jetsons. Well- but you know what? The Jets on the Jetsons, I think the reason why nobody lived on the ground is because humanity had fucked it up too much. <laughs> Probably true. Uh like I, I could see that happen. Don't you want a robot s- slave to do all your cleaning and stuff? Uh yes. <laughs> I, I, w- I would love that.
2: And I'm betting that they're going to have uh, drone dog walkers. I may I may have already heard a story about that, where where you can oh. set a drone to do a to do a circuit of a specific area and take your dog for a walk for you. I uh, I just want a robot to cook and clean for me, man. Come on. H T T C O Dirk Alborn. Said there are several main issues with today's transportation system. It's a dinosaur industry. There is no railway. There is no railway that is profitable without government subsidies. If you take everything into consideration, our unique levitated low-pressure energy balance allows us to have very low operational costs and be profitable in a very short time span. So that's awesome.
1: That's cool. Uh, that's some cool shit. Cool shit. Oh,
2: shit. Uh, and now, they're not that important, not even close to normal, but definitely not boring. It's N three news. A blizzard can mean winter is coming. <gasps> what? Before winter storm Jonas hit, residents of major East Coast cities began to panic about whether they c- the coming snowfall might trap them in a sexless, lonely spate of isolation for an entire weekend. Naturally, they took to Craigslist in droves to post ads, seeking oh my Blizzard buddies for hours of snowed-in screwing around.
1: You know what? That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Because if you think about it, like in the various uh, Blizzards uh, 10 years and prior, like you would not have had that opportunity. I mean, you know what? Let's just have a little tryst. We can be strangers in the night. And screw for like ten hours, and you know we'll never have to see each other again. <laughs> like it—that's that's kind of brilliant. Until
2: nine months later, when you get that knock on your door. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: uh,
2: yeah. One pair of enterprising young Cossacks from Brooklyn even called out the storm by name, headlining their dual ad. Don't get fucked by Jonas. Get fucked by two Russians instead.
1: Oh, when you said Cossacks from from Brooklyn, I was, you know, I thought you were you were using that uh, uh, some like trendy hipster fashion, but no, you literally meant Cossacks. Okay.
2: Forecast in. Looks like we're all getting snowed in. Fear not, dear girls. Myself and other comrade will help you survive storm this weekend. With vodka and 420 to start festivities, we don't m- we do more fun later. Unlike storm, our inches guaranteed. And one
1: Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> we want no one suffer in this mess, so come and bring friend or two if you want. This is going to be small party, so please do not bring more male comrades. Only nice devoshkas. Please send email to ask questions or share pic. We like that. Look forward to see you this Saturday or Sunday. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. I, I mean, that's brilliant. You got <laughs> to them. You gotta give it to him. You uh, got to give it to him.
2: A young man in a superhero costume searched for a partner in New Jersey, offering his Netflix account and ability to chill in addition to snowflakes
1: oh and furies.
2: God. Another adventurous sex fans posted helpful lists on the non, of the non-coital features they had to offer during the chilly weekend. Um, I have plenty of food, wine, liquor, and entertainment. Lol. Posted by uh, male for a woman in Allentown, Pennsylvania.
1: All right, all right. I, I'm going to go out on the limb here, and I realize we are of a completely different different generation. <laughs> Man, anybody who who uses LOL, LOL, whatever, in any kind of correspondence regarding sex, I'd be like that. That guy's a virgin.
2: Micro That's what the laughing out loud would okay. be about. <laughs> uh,
1: oh. oh, oh, oh. Oh my. Uh,
2: here's another one. Warm, clean house, lots of goodies, DVD movies. Offered a self-described 64-year-old widower with simple tastes from York, from York Pennsylvania, seeking a horny thin, <laughs> seeking a horny thin woman to ride out the big snow.
1: Oh my god! Over on that, that I kudoed like that's the guy. Like he's 64. And you know he's seen him some some massive sex making. Okay, <laughs> so like that's how you write it, dude. N- none of this LOL he shit. He goes in the widower for a little bit of sympathy. Fuck. Yeah, right. Like it's it's genius. This man is a <laughs> pussy genius.
2: <laughs> Over on the Jersey Shore, one ambitious business owner rode right past the capulation station and st- uh, straight to the sales of his party favors, aka drugs. In New York City's Upper West Sides, the, there resides a man who likes his woman big, fat, and old. Holy shit, if that's not the most attainable fetish I've ever heard of. <laughs> big, fat, old. Gross. You're, you're, you're going to accomplish that, man.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, standards are obviously uh,
2: low. <laughs> he decided that since blizzard coming, people starting to get ready to be snowed in, it was time to find the big, fat, there I said it, fat woman that knows her way around the bedroom of his dreams.
1: Wow. <laughs> okay, okay.
2: And our next story, a shortcut to mushrooms. You know, Of course, you know where that reference comes from.
1: Um, yeah. It's the, one, of the chapter names,
2: one of the chapter names in the uh, Fellowship. Right. Um, there are strange goings on in Marin County, just across from the Golden Gate Bridge from San Francisco.
1: Local- oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I, I lived there for a while. I miss it. I love that place. <laughs> uh, local
2: media are reporting repeated instances of coyotes behaving oddly staring at and then charging at cars on the Pacific Coast Highway near the beach town oh,
1: holy shit that's that's like that's my hangout man oh, stinson
2: really? beach really yeah uh, yes town of Bolinas uh, and stinson beach and one of the explanations offered and not discounted is that they are high on magic mushrooms
1: oh my god it's We had stoned ape theory. This is going to be stoned coyote theory. And in the future, there are going to be no humans left. They're just going to be intelligent coyotes.
2: I love the stoned ape theory, by the way. I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh,
2: The coyote attacks have happened a bunch of times to enough people to warrant calls to figure out just what's going on with the animal or animals.
1: That's interesting, man.
2: As the last stories out of Bolinas has it that there are now two coyotes acting a little weird or a lot weird. Apparently, this happened. I mean, you know, the Young Turks. Yeah. Apparently, this has happened to uh, Anna Kasparian like several times.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because, like, I mean, that's my, like, hiking ground. Like, I love hiking Marin County. It's my favorite place in the fucking world. I want my ashes spread, you know, over Mount Tam, uh, overlooking Stinson Beach. I mean, like, I I never once saw a coyote, let, let alone. A, a tripping coyote tripping Can you imagine coyote. coming across
2: the tripping coyote on a, on a wooded path that would be kind of freaky
1: um yeah <laughs> I'm like what do you got there you want you to want share um yeah
2: where did you find him boy where okay I'll find him yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me there give fuck me there. Timmy's down okay, the well let's going. go find the mushrooms uh <laughs> the psychedelic mushrooms I'm gonna need to- oh shit I got the hiccups ah the psychedelic mushrooms Amanita muscaria. <laughs> 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 uh, <this, What? laughs> the psychedelic Whoa. mushrooms Amanita muscaria. that's funny. <laughs> or as I like to call them, smurf houses. Uh, grows wild in the cow pastures <laughs> of West Marin County. And coyotes have uh. been pooping <laughs> the graft, <laughs> eating them. The speckled red capped fungus is believed to be the one Alice in Wonderland eats before she goes through the looking glass.
1: Hell yeah, she does.
2: Amanita muscaria has a long history of shamanic use in Siberia and (laughs) Northern Europe, as well as India and Iran, where it is once considered a sacred hallucinogen. But it's not just Siberian shamans who have a taste for the shrooms, both... (laughs) Coyotes and domestic dogs are known to eat them. Like humans, can suffer neurological excitability. I don't know about
1: suffer. Yep. You know, so. uh, yeah, it's probably uh, not not quite the right word. Uh,
2: coyotes on shrooms may be the most intriguing theory for the weird animal behavior, but is not the only one. Rabies was considered by animal welfare workers, but then discounted since it is rare in the region and infected animals usually die quickly. But the psycho. EODs have been spotted for weeks now.
1: Another pasta. Poss- oh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. What if they're just getting the shrooms from the Acme Corporation? <laughs> the Acme Corporation is, is like, giving like a them big shrooms. industrial box full of shrooms. Well, it's to
2: increase their intelligence, so they start building Roadrunner tra- traps.
1: Exactly, yeah. And that's it, man. Like that. What we're actually seeing in the Roadrunner cartoons isn't like the way the world was in the, the 50s. That's the future. It's, it's like you got mad. Like there's Mad Max somewhere in the in the background. Are you saying Wiley e.
2: Coyotes wrote a MK Ultra experiment? Yep, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Another possibility is that they've learned bad f- food habits from some humans feeding them, and are now chasing cars in search of a meal. But that seems like a stretch. And the notion that they're getting the canine minds blown on mushrooms is much more gratifying trip on brother coyote trip on you might
1: have to read the next story (laughs) i say skip it for now anyway oh no what oh but i thought we were oh okay because of pat (laughs) okay uh i will take over mr Hiccupy. okay (laughs) thank you very much so i i will i will need some some comedic um uh, pauses from time to time if, if you are so inclined If you can manage the hiccups. (laughs) Uh, This one's called Mutants Meet Midichlorians. Maybe I'm I'm a little too dramatic with that. (laughs) With Disney owning both the Star Wars and Marvel universes, fans have been hypothesizing what a crossover between the two mega franchises would look like now for years. In an interview with Big Issue, influential Marvel Comics creator Stan Lee has weighed in on the odds of such a meeting ever taking place. The speculation began when Lee was asked if he thought his Marvel characters would ever come together in the in a film, despite the film rights for the characters like Fantastic Four and X Men being held by Fox as opposed to Marvel Disney. Yeah, probably, he says. It'll be the most expensive film ever produced, if any. But anything that the public want to see, you can be sure it will eventually be produced. Man, goddamn, I don't, I don't want to see that, <laughs> Stanley. We saw. Go sell, go sell your. $500 signature that somebody gives a shit. You saw under the the
2: article on Kinky Time Times Tumblr page I put no 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 no
1: no 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 no. No 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 no. You know the funny thing of like actually having a paperback book of Star Trek Next Generation Meet the X-Men.
2: I also saw a Star Trek Green Lantern comic.
1: There's a Star Trek Doctor Who thing out there. I mean, like, if it's in a comic book, fine. What the fuck? I don't have to buy it.
2: Well, Marvel, typically set on Earth, or at least the Milky Way, uh, and Star Trek set in the Milky Way
1: in the Milky Way and then the galaxy far, far away means far, far away motherfuckers. And it was a long
2: time ago so it's, it's not quite exactly. the same True. likelihood Star Wars another uh, Star Trek and crossovers and You know what happen.
1: though? It, it, it'd be much more likely a, a Doctor Who crossover with Star Wars than anything.
2: All time and space. Yes, that would make sense. Exactly. He can go a long right, time Tom ago um, galaxy far, far away no problem.
1: Exactly. When specifically asked about a Star Wars Marvel crossover Lee replied Well, I don't know how many characters you you can have in a movie, but obviously the people who produce these things are looking to be as successful as possible, said Lee. If they feel that incorporating Star Wars with Marvel characters will be very successful, they'll find a way to do it. Can you imagine Spider-Man saying, May the Force be with you? It may come to that! God damn it, Stan Lee. No, please, no. (laughs) I mean, the dude's like 90-something now, and apparently he's still in pretty good health, but...
2: I guess when you get that all it's like, sure, whatever, fucking try it.
1: Not a good idea, Stan, Stan the man, Lee <laughs> well, but, Go be old somewhere else.
2: Well, seriously, by the time it's made in, like, 2030, well, unless he's on oh. uh, Metformin, he'll probably have gone the way of the dodo and won't have to deal with consequences.
1: <laughs> you know what? Well, he probably will outlive us all. <laughs> uh, as Lee tells it, there is some precedence for disparate heroes coming together under a common cause. Those are the circumstances under which the first Avengers lineup was formed. Oh, my God. We did it in the comics. I created the Avengers for taking many of our characters and making a team out of them. Uh, (laughs) Is he serious right now? Is he fucking? Okay. uh, They Uh, are all
2: from relatively the same planet. Uh, A little easier.
1: And, and, and obvious, right? Uh, never mind. Uh, we can have as many characters join the Avengers as we want for our future mo- movies. That might be fun too. All of a sudden, Luke Skywalker is an. God damn it. Same
2: <laughs> All of a sudden, you, you can't read it. out of it. All of a sudden, I can't. Luke Skywalker is an Avenger. Oh. it's
1: not true. That's impossible. I, it's just the part where you where you can insert Darth, the, the cheesy ass Darth Vader. No, from <laughs> the end of the Sith. will do. will do. No! <laughs> uh,
0: uh,
1: well, I. You, you, but you know what? I still think that somehow it would be better than episodes one and two. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs>
2: Uh, uh, the the anyway. picture I saw is pretty cool. Uh, though, of the, it's like Kylo Kylo Ren with his lightsaber in the in the snowy forest, uh, with uh, Captain America with his shield standing in front of him instead of instead of Ray.
1: <laughs> uh, no, it looks it no. looked cool,
2: but come on. That's, no, not, not a good
1: idea. Do it, do it. You know what? Do it in a comic book. That's, that's it. Like, just do it in a comic book. I don't have to read that shit. Uh,
2: but this whole thing sounds a little bit like the film franchise pitched by Patton Oswald's character on Parks and Recreations during his uh, Star Wars filibuster. <laughs> Cla-
1: classic that's moment. That's hilarious.
2: There. Well, well, um.
1: Oh, are we, are we finished? Should we come to the
2: end of the road? Uh, yep, I, I finished. I to the come and I you know
1: <laughs> I finished <laughs> uh, you got your money shot in <laughs> oh my th- this this episode has been uh, down downright filthy Jeff like we, we, we we've really uh, I, I don't want to say we've hit rock bottom because like uh, it's gonna make for some classic entertaining entertaining material but uh, you know what next time maybe we'll try to be filthier Okay, uh, Jeffrey. Well, uh, like I said, we will try to make it as entertaining and maybe less or more filthy next time should the <laughs> uh, proclamation go out. But this is Seth Rogen, Kiki Tauntaun, episode seven. Out. And who,
2: who am I? Who do they say I sound like?
1: I I don't I don't know. Uh, yeah, the, the fat <laughs> you sound like Jeff,
2: the fat guy who's in uh, the some of the Seth Rogen films, little fat guy.
1: Little fat guy and Seth Rogen. <laughs> oh, 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 Jonah Hill. So, yeah,
2: they say I sound like Jonah Hill.
1: Okay. It's, uh, Seth Rogen for Kinky Tauntaun Episode 7.
2: And this is Jonah Hill. <laughs> We're, out. We're out. We're out. Peace.
0: Article 7, Section 3 allows for a citizen filibuster. If I stand here and refuse to yield my time, you are prohibited from voting on the bill. <clears throat> Let the filibustering... Begin. As many of you have noted uh, that use the internet, it has been announced that Disney has required the rights to the Star Wars franchise, and in the summer of 2015, we will see the release of Star Wars uh, Episode 7. Herewith is my proposal for the plot of that movie. Uh, Begin with standard uh, title uh, sequence and John Williams fanfare, uh, followed by a scroll. To be written, I would like to mention that Brian De Palma wrote the original opening scroll for Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. I think it would be a nice nod uh, to the franchise if he were to write this opening scroll. Then, pan down from the twin sons of Tatooine, uh, we are now close on the mouth of the Sarlacc Pit. After a beat, the gloved Mandalorian armor gauntlet of Boba Fett grabs onto the sand outside the Sarlacc Pit, and the feared bounty hunter, Pulls himself from the maw of the sand beast. Okay, this is and exactly. Rea- and we realize uh, that he survived his fall uh, during the battle at Jabba's uh, palace ship. Then do a hard cut uh, to a repurposed uh, Imperial destroyer. Uh, which has now been taken over by the rebels. Uh, Commander Luke Skywalker, now a full Jedi Knight, uh, training new Padawans, uh, is using, ironically, uh, his father Anakin's red lightsaber, which will be, uh, a, a symbolic, I think, visual for his battle, uh, with how to, uh, both bring about the new, uh, Jedi Order, uh, while still, um, acknowledging his father's, uh, fall. grace Uh, as he is training the Padawans we pan outside of the control uh, window to a nearby asteroid where we see and please allow me to finish this because it's gonna seem like a bit of a jump we see Thanos who was the villain teased at the end of the first Avengers movie now Thanos as you know owns the Infinity Gauntlet which has the time gem the mind gem the power gem the space gem and the reality gem if he holds the reality gem that means he can jump from different realities. This will be our link from to the Marvel universe, from the Star Wars universe. Uh, we then cut to Earth. Tony Stark realizes is that, that, that there I is a, I I Tony Stark realizes that there is a Tony Stark. I know who that is. This is the first person I've known. Tony Stark realizes, I, I do not recognize uh, the chair. Tony Stark realizes that there has been a disturbance uh, in in what he will call a time ribbon. Uh, for the time being, I will allow J.J. Uh, J. Abrams to think of a better uh, term for this uh, and and he then starts to assemble uh, the the cream of the Marvel Universe. Not not the second tier superheroes that we saw in the first Avengers movie. I'm sorry, but Hawkeye and Black Widow are not first tier. He would go find uh, Hello? Spider-Man. Spider-Man exists in that universe. He would go find Moon Knight. He would go find Daredevil. He would go uh, find Hercules. And then that can bring in the entire uh, uh, pantheon of Greek gods that we saw in Clash and Wrath of the Titans. So now we have a giant three uh, franchise tie in. Now, cut back to uh, the Imperial Star Destroyer. Uh, Luke uh, gets a visit. From And we only show this from the boots up first. So we show these, like, black boots with the... And then we pan up and, oh, my God, it's Han Solo. But he's old, older and grizzled and, and really, like, focused and cool. Like, he sees some really bad stuff and he actually seems shaken. And, and Luke is like, what's wrong, old buddy? And that's when Han drops Chewbacca's severed head onto the floor. Yes, in front no of all the Padawans. Way. Kids and aren't going to like this. On the floor it. in front of the Padawans. Kids are not going to... Please gonna... let me finish. Thank you. The... Padawans are all horrified and uh, 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 Han says that the planet Kashiak has been destroyed by this very mysterious force. Now, we know, oh, this was Thanos. Thanos is beginning to, uh, you know, uh, gather power in this new universe. So uh, while they take Chewie's head down uh, to, because we've seen that, you know, they can build new bodies. They're going to build Chewie this really cool robot. I, I'm thinking spider body, you know, like a cool spider body with Chewie's head and, and ion cannons on it. But that will be in the, he'll come back. That'll be the, the post credits tease of this film, so keep that in mind. So I don't want you guys bummed out because Chewbacca's not dead; he will come back. Uh, then uh, and then Han all and then Luke looks down and, and Han's wedding ring is gone. What happened with you and Leia? And Han's like, don't even get me started on that. So now we know where did Leia go? Where did Leia go? She's not gone, but we will find out. In the second. female parts now, a little underwritten whole, so far, sir. I'd like to point that out. I am I citizen filibuster. Thank you, and and really thank you for respecting uh, our town laws by interrupting me during this. Uh, where was I? Yes. Exactly why we need to At the then at the edge of the uh, of the Star Destroyer's orbit, suddenly the time ribbon begins. Uh, wavering, And what comes through? The X-Men's Quinjet. That's right. We, what we did was, back on Earth, we showed him gathering up all the heroes, but we didn't see him gathering up the X-Men, so oh my goodness. Now Wolverine's going to be there. Now Cyclops is going to be there. So the Quinjet comes through. Luke gets in his X-Wing to go out and meet them, and they engage in this awesome star battle. And it looks like the Quinjet actually is going to shoot the deck and what comes flying in is we We're think it's going to be... It, we think it's going to be the Millennium Falcon, just like in Episode 4 when he comes in and saves him uh, during the Battle of Yavin. But no, it is Slave 1. That's right, Boba Fett ship, ship Slave 1, has to save Luke because, of course, he's trying to track down Han. He can't have Luke die. So then, now it's a battle between the Quintet, between the x men between Slave 1. And then uh, we see that Millennium Falcon uh, is flying away. So uh, now um, Slave 1 goes off. To do, to do that, but then then we cut down to Corsican, where uh, uh, Princess Leia uh, is now consulting with. Um uh, with Lando Calrissian now it looks like they're just having a very intense meeting about trade regulations and about I will not I will not finish my speaking about trade regulations and, and and but then suddenly once when the rest of the council meeting leaves they fall into each other's arms oh my god Lando Calrissian and Princess Leia are having an affair and that is why Han Solo because look Lando Calrissian was like, hey, if I'm going to lose the Millennium Falcon to you, I'll just take your woman. And he has. So then we set that triangle up. Now, cut back to the Quinjet and Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four is piloting it. Oh, it was a fake out. he It's him. And we have uh, select members of the X-Men that I thought, in, in my opinion, were um, were not – Uh, focused on properly in the earlier films we have Colossus in there we have X-23 which is Wolverine's daughter and then we have a now mind-controlled saber-tooth and of course Wolverine so imagine those two going up against robot Chewbacca because that's going to happen that is what we're teasing right now I have literally have no fluid in my mouth I got to do a Marco Rubio can we please cut